the red stuff, I'm guessing, is... Uh, so this is cran... There's blueberry grape. And it's lemonade drink that was made red by the blueberries. Uh, and the grapes. Uh, it was okay. made red. That's expert level. So, right. so that Shetty makes a, it makes a mean uh, and, cocktail here. And uh, <laughs> if, we, if I had more time, like, you can infuse mint leaves in it the night before. Oh, so the you, night before. So you keep it the night before, yeah. mashallah. Yeah. So this I made fresh, right? And I crushed the blueberries, the grapes, and then I crushed ice, and I put the crushed ice in it. Oh. So it gives it that sort of slushy type of feel to it. And then if you really get creative, you infuse a lot of mint leaves in it, <laughs> right? Not separate the mint leaves. You keep the mint leaves in one stalk so that you could take the whole stalk out. Yeah, right. That that's how you, tea is. Good tea is made. Yeah, so yeah. You never separate them. You infuse the mint from the night before. Mashallah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who needs uh, Who needs bars and alcohol? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of cocktails. A lot of things. I just do them straight in my house. Like I'll never buy a smoothie. I'll never. Mainly, I don't buy coffee, right? Mm. Unless I'm on the road. Yeah. Uh, make that. Make that at home. Tea outside. Anyone who pays for tea outside the house is just is foolish. <laughs> Unless it's a Daisy restaurant, like oh, good yeah. chai. I mean, that's the only place yeah. you really pay yeah. for tea, yeah. right? Would you ever go to a restaurant and someone orders tea in front of you? I've never seen that. It's just a I, bag I, and water. I know. Have you ever seen anyone at like Wawa or something? I buy order tea? tea. I order tea at like Asian places because it's a unique tea. Good, like hibiscus tea. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a unique yeah, tea. Yeah. Uh, I one time. It's actually free at a lot of Asian places. They'll just give oh. you tea. Yeah. If you go to like bougie Asian. I remember places. the first time when I first time when I got uh, my license, when I got my driver's license, I went and I bought, I went to Wawa. We have something in South Jersey, and Pennsylvania called Wawa. You have it, right? That's where it That's started. That's where it started. Okay. Okay. So Wawa, which this guy started off sell, taking his milk to the local um, fairs every Saturday. That's how he started, in Wawa, Pennsylvania, and then he just he had some he had ambition, right? And he grew and grew and grew, and now he's his thing. So I was on my way to Rutgers, and I was, like, feeling a little bit drowsy. I got tea, right, uh, from Wawa. I went home because I forgot something. had to go back. And my dad looked at me. He's like, why would you pay money for that? There's a, <laughs> the tea bag is right there. Then I put two and two together. But subhanAllah, youth do so some stupid things, man. Yeah. And if, you, if you're a parent, you just have to have a lot of sabr. And the best thing for a parent is a good memory. Yeah. Of yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of stupid and annoying things. And it's subhanAllah, you grow. Every year, I regret more and more things that I did. I wouldn't have done anything different because that's, that's all I knew, right? You can only work with the set that you have. So I only work with the set that I have. There's no ideal. There's the real, <laughs> right? Whatever experience, brain, whatever thoughts, that's what I have. I got to work with it. So I don't regret it from the moral standpoint, but I regret it from the knowledge standpoint. Like if I had yeah. known better, yeah. I would have been differently. <laughs> but hey, at every time, at every turn, I can only work with what I have, <laughs> with the hand of, with, with the with the knowledge that I have. Yeah. Right. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Assalamu rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to the Safina Society podcast. Today we're joined by uh, Dr. Shadi, myself. Uh, we have Nazmul here joining us and Alex, who is running a few minutes late. Uh, but he should be coming in through the door any minute now, so you'll hope maybe hear some background noise. Uh, so today the topic that we want to talk about uh, is, is I want to get started on Ashura. Mm -hmm. so, so tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to get to Ashura, something that I skipped my mind, I think. we Did we talk about the base of this? The base of the The base drink? of this drink. Ah, no. So this drink, the base you could use for this uh, <laughs> little mix, you can do two things. Sprite and lemonade. Mm. Sprite and iced tea. Sprite and lemonade and iced tea. But this is a uh, Trader Joe's, like a natural soda type of thing. Lemonade soda. Mm. Like seltzer water. It's a fizzy lemonade soda. Right, mm. so you can make a, you do a lot of these things, like, right? Like a lacro. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, what is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one of those things you. It's uh, probably like, not pronounced yeah. lacro. It's probably pronounced like lacro. So, all right. So let's get to the serious topic of Ashura, right? So Ashura is a very very important topic, and first of all, we operate with seasons. And if you think about the Hijri calendar. It's really wonderful. We just came out of the last season of the year. And many people don't know that when Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab needed to make a year, and they agreed, and it was the, actually the suggestion of Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib, let's make the hijrah the start of the new year because that's the first time that the Prophet ﷺ was able to establish his law, right? The law of Allah. Other than that, he was not establishing his law, he's just uh, given the message. So Sayyidina Umar said this makes a lot of sense so that's the first year that we start count, c- counting the years of Islam for real because that's mm. when Islam began to be implemented mm. uh, a- as the law of the, la- the city afterwards well when you have a year you have to have a beginning of the year right so Sayyidina Omar then began that discussion and that discussion was it was Sayyidina Uthman who said oh Amir uh, al we make Hajj and we renew our our slate mm. so let's make the Hijjah the last <laughs> year of the calendar Right? Let's make the hedge of the last year of the calendar. So everyone loved that from the elders of the Sahaba that were in the council in the Shura. Mm. So they made Dhul Hijjah the last month of the year. Mm. So that marks the, the new slate. Dhul Hijjah is really the new slate, right? Both in religion and in the year. So now we're in the Hijjah year 1441. We begin a new slate. And the first season, it's a small season, right? Is Ashura. Ten days into the new year. We fast two days, preferably, right? The 10th and the 9th or the 10th and the 11th. The Prophet ﷺ said he hoped that this removes the sins of a year. And the original intent of that is that it was the day that Prophet Musa ﷺ was freed from the Bani Israel. And at the same time, it was the same day that Sayyidina Hussein was killed, right? Now, if you notice in both cases, the analogy or the comparison is not very difficult to get. They are both going against their oppressor. Okay, one lived to see his victory over his enemy. Right, Musa. Musa. He def- he lived to see the defeat of the enemy. He did not live to see the attainment of the goal, which is the promised land. Sayyidina Hussein. Uh, by the way, Ahlul Bayt, you're allowed to say Alayhi Salam as well, because in in Salat al-Tashahud, what do you say? Right, you say Salam upon them. Right, so Sayyidina Imam al-Bukhari. He says, Bab on Fadail Sayyidina Fatima alayhi salam. So, this is a very orthodox, it's not a Shi'i leaning, it's nothing. Okay. So, Sayyidina Imam al Hussein, radiallahu ta'ala anhu alayhi salam, okay, he, uh, all, he did not live to see the defeat of his enemy, but he did defeat his enemy. How did he defeat his enemy, you might ask? He said, This is not a legitimate ruler. And in, if you look in any Bab of fiqh, the ruler has to have conditions. There's conditions. The first condition is, is adala, 
right? That he's upright. Right, absolutely. Right? Yeah. They even say more that he really should be a mujtahid imam, so that he does not have to rely upon someone. Because the one who relies upon someone else is inferior, right? Yeah. Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab did not have to ask anyone except Sayyidina Ali for counsel, like serious, in a serious way, right? Uh, Sayyidina Ali did not ask anyone, right? There's no record that Sayyidina Ali needed to ask anyone else for anything, right? Uh, matters of fiqh and deen. Uh, Sayyidina Umar said, al-maqam hasan right? A bad city or a bad uh, place that does not have Abu hasan Why? Because he was in a place, a fiqh question came up, he needed Sayyidina Ali's advice, he didn't get it, he, but Sayyidina Ali was in Medina, mm-hmm. right? So he said, بِئْسَ الْمَقَامْ لَيْسَ فِي أَبْرَ حَسَنْ And he also said, لَوْلَا عَلِيٌّ لَفَسَدَ عُمَرٌ لَهَلَكَ عُمَرٌ If it was not for Ali, Umar would be destroyed. So that's how close Umar and Ali was. And Sayyidina Ali loved Sayyidina Umar, right? Mm-hmm. He named two of his sons Umar, not one, Umar the first and Umar the second, right? Interesting. So he loved Sayyidina Umar that much. So when uh, people say Abu Omar, I mean, that's your Imam was Abu Omar. Yeah. Sayyidina Ali was Abu Omar. Of course, he's Abu Hassan, in fact, but he, his sons were named Omar. Wow. In any event, uh, <laughs> say, how did Sayyidina Hussein, what did he do? He saw, he saw that Yazid was illegitimate. Okay? <clears throat> and he therefore resisted and refused to give him allegiance. And this is a valid position in Sharia, right? When the ruler is illegitimate. Okay? <laughs> did not give him allegiance. And he went out now... He went out to meet with his people in Kufa, his old followers from his dad's side, right, when his father had led the Khilafah in Kufa. So, obviously, we know the story that he never made, he, he never made it to them, and they became scared, right, and they did not come out to give him victory. We know that, okay? But our, our point is, he did see that Yazid was illegitimate, refused to give him the bayah, and went to some sort of resistance. He never even got to make a plan. We do not know that he was going to take up, make a war. We don't know that for sure. I mean, it's highly speculative. I mean, uh, likely that he could have, right? Mm. But we don't know anything. That wasn't, there's no certainty on that. There is certainty. He felt he was illegitimate and he's going to take, he's not giving him the bayah and he's going to resist him. Now, many other Sahaba, they did give the bayah. They saw that they weren't capable of resisting and that resisting may cause some other fitna. But he saw someone in the ummah that we cannot just allow this to happen, right? And this is the idea you cannot just allow oppression, zulm, to happen. There has to be a reaction. I said many times I regret things. I regret that I do have some bad blood with some other Sunni imams, right? And people. But at the time, I felt I have to do something, and this is the basic capability of what I could do. They didn't like it, right? But would I regret? I regret the fact, I'm not happy the fact that there's any bad blood between me and any other Muslim, mm-hmm. right? However, I don't regret taking action. You have to take action, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what he did. Now, there was an ambivalence about the correctness of his action, okay? There was an ambivalence about that. That, is this really correct? Should he have gone out, etc.? Is well, There was ambivalence on, is Yazid really that bad? People did not know what he had, knew, had known. You have to know this, right? Not everyone knew what he knew about Yazid. It's not like it was today. We all, all Ummah knows. No, they, people didn't know. How would tra- information like that transfer to everyone? So most people are like, I don't really know what's going on. Okay. And it's also very different <clears throat> living in the real world at that time versus reading it in a textbook. Of course. Reading it in a textbook. Yeah, or, of course. Or reading it, you know, through... Pass down knowledge from your yeah. lineage and things like that, right? It's very different. Be living in that actual time. Period. Exactly. So things are not known. If you think about it, 
in the early books of fiqh, they have a question of, does eating cooked meat break your wudu? So many things that we think are take for granted were just not known by that that time. Yeah, this right? is something I, I think about often, especially when there's people living in the desert. There's many people who have probably never seen the ocean, right? At that that's time. true. Oh, but that's very true. Never, never seen never, water. Yeah. Never seen water before, like like know, in an ocean, yeah, or a lake, or, or anything, a river. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's it's interesting to think about, even in the fifth books, that these yeah. things are there, where people there's probably Sahaba that may may or may not have seen the ocean. How many people? I mean, think about knew that Karbala event was even happening at the time. When people say, how did the Ummah allow this? How did they think they knew? <laughs> that, I mean, there wasn't Twitter feeds back then, how right? Did, how did the world allow the Holocaust, right? Yeah, I mean, things exactly. like that happened. And mind you, that was way, way bigger, way right? bigger. And, and in much. terms of numbers and in terms of uh, the yeah. complication of it and the time that it took, this was a... And news existed and there was, exactly, you know, yeah. a, a, like there, the all people, that. They, you could get information around the world much quicker. So now, what's my point in saying that he did defeat his enemy, he just didn't live to see it, is that as there was lack of knowledge of Yazid's corruption, except for some people who knew it, okay? There was a lack of, so there, because there was a lack of that awareness, there was a lack of movement. Only he moved and his supporters. Now, what he did was by poking this bear, he elicited a reaction. Whenever you take the initiative, think about this, Sayyidina Musa, Sayyidina Hussein, who's act? Yes, they're both in the weaker positions materially, but who's dictating? They're both dictating the action, if you think about it. They're not reacting. They're acting, and the tyrant, the despot, is reacting. So when you take the initiative, you force three things to happen. One of three things is going to happen. The despot, the oppressor, does nothing. Your adversary does nothing. If he does nothing, he's in trouble because he set the precedent, so he can't do nothing. Right? Number two, he changes his ways. If he changes his ways, good. You've achieved your goal. Number three, he reacts in the wrong, immorally in the wrong with the haram. If he does that, he digs his deeper hole. So what did uh, Yazid do? He sent, what's his name? Uh, Ibn Ziyad, Ubaidullah Ibn Ziyad. And he gave him orders to quell this thing. And he sent the most wicked guy. He is a wicked guy, right? And he ended up having no mercy. And he killed them all. We know the story, right? If you don't know the story, we're not going to recount the whole thing, but you can go get it. We're giving you the malachas. He killed them all. Go to go to a, a reliable source. Yeah, you have to go to a reliable source. Don't go to source. like Shia chat or something. Yeah, there's... there's a bit, I mean, they have stuff that was impossible to narrate. Assalamu alaikum, by the way. Let me just interject and say that we all have to have the most somber possible voices yeah. because any kind, any kind of... Levity. Levity at all yeah. is... Uh, it's canceled on Twitter when yeah. discussing anything serious. That's true. There can true. be no levity attached to it, or else you're canceled. Oh, they're canceled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, but it's the it's really more oh, the ridiculousness before of actually, before you actually continue. Uh, I'm gonna make a side point here. Yeah. That there may be times in this episode where there is levity. Yeah, I don't really care about Twitter no, canceling me. No. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I've already canceled them. I'm, I'm moments away from canceling Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not canceling my Twitter. I'm not going to ruin myself for them. No, no I've canceled them. Canceling them. them yeah. Oh, canceling them. Yeah. yeah. Muslim Twitter. I've already canceled them all. We, anyway. we've, I mean, yeah. people can turn off the episode right now. Like, Actually, you can, know what? They can have their money back. No, they should take off. <laughs> they should, no, what they can do is they can make clips and then go, see? Look at what oh, you people are doing. Yeah, go ahead. Listen, uh, what I've came across very early on in the social media is that this whole idea of outrage against you, you got to learn to use that for yourself, 
right? Mm. So the only thing is that if I'm not wrong in the sight of Allah, if yeah, and in general, if a person's not wrong in the sight of Allah, that's the only thing you got to care about. Right. You I mean, have to put yourself mentally and emotionally in a position where that's literally the only thing. There's nothing else banking on it, right? Like the uh, people who bank on uh, making the speaker circuit, for example. I'm not saying it's bad. It's fine, right? It's a job. It's a job, I right? Don't, I don't, it's a very touchy job, though. I don't, I don't say crazy things to my employer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I get true. it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, so, uh, but being that being the case, you also know that there's going to be limitations with that, mm-hmm. right? So if you're employed by the general Muslim community uh, organizations and institutions and conferences, you have to know, go in that and uh, recognize that, yeah, right? Gotta, I've got limitations. I can't say a lot of things. you got to operate on the LCD. Which is? Lowest common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> lowest com- which is, what, how low is it now? Salah. Fasting, general modesty, Tawhid. not specific. Tawhidish, ta- ta- yeah, and uh, <laughs> and and uh, anti whatever oppressor du jour. Pro pro Bernie Sanders. Pro Bernie. Okay, That'd so be pro LGBT too. Yeah, well that's yeah you know soft on that or no comment on this. No no pro pro as well. No, <laughs> no for the for the general Muslim yeah. it's soft on it. Soft on soft it. on it. These people we have to understand. Yeah. Be kind to them. White converts are the devil. <laughs> oh my gosh! But LGBT, hot on. Have some, yeah. have some now. Be nice. So, <laughs> but hold on. I, yeah. I was gonna say before, it's not about the the Muslim Twitter. It's not about the social media. I was going to say in general, there may be people who are not on Twitter and social media and these things listening to this episode. Inshallah. Inshallah, <laughs> you know, uh, and there will perhaps throughout this episode be uh, be moments of levity and non-levity and it's i don't think there's any intention or malintent by anybody here uh against you know speaking about any of these topics especially especially uh the ahl bayt right yeah uh, of course now we love, we love the ahl bayt more absolutely yeah. absolutely that's that's number one we actually love them properly without exceeding limits yeah we mourn them L- the limits being so the limits of the sunnah. cursing of the sahaba yeah uh, and the Abu limits Bakram. being uh uh physically harming yourself yeah. and the limits being doing things that every single one of them would find offensive and ridiculous that right we love them and we mourn them in the appropriate way without going astray on the issue right so, uh, as uh, sheikh sadiq had always uh, said and uh, you know love your sheikh love that would don't go astray right mm-hmm. simple rule so back to where we where where do we leave off we left off that i was saying that Yazid sent that. So of the three possibilities that he has, and I'll repeat them. When you poke the bear, the bear has three possibilities. He's going to do nothing. He shows that he's weak. He's going to have rebellions everywhere. Number two, he's going to do the right thing, which you achieved your goal, and he turned out to be good. Number three, he's going to react in the wrong way. Right? He's reacting the wrong way. And if he reacts in the wrong way, he digs his grave even deeper, and he's morally done. So he reacted in the wrong way. All right, some people historians will say okay let's just give the man a benefit doubt it's his first year ruling he's maybe has a complex you know how am i ever going to be as just as as honorable as i had bait and i can't have this and this is a rebellion against me and i made itch jihad and i quelled the rebellion let's say hypothetically all right well what did yazid do after that to show that his intent was not good and it was not an accident and it was not just a bad, a wrong ijtihad. Because when a Muslim makes a legitimate and tries to do the right thing, okay, Allah does not blind them. But when someone does the wrong thing, Allah blinds them. And what's the proof that Yazid was blinded? 
Because when Sayyidina Hussein was martyred and killed, the Hijaz went, erupted. Because where was he living at the time? He was living in Medina, right? He had moved back from Kufa to Medina. So, and he was teaching Hadith in the mosque. Him and his brother, they would teach in the masjid. Okay? And living off of a, of, of a, a stipend from Sayyidina Muawiyah. Muawiyah had put them on a stipend, right? Okay? So, he's known in the community of Medina. They erupted. Okay? They erupted. What, how did, so, when they reacted with that, emo, that reaction... What did Yazid do? Did he repent to Allah? He said, look, if all of Medina is reacting against me, maybe I'm wrong. I repent to Allah. No, he didn't. He was blinded, which showed that he had a bad intent. And secondly, when they say, oh, well, maybe Ibn Ziyad did it, but Yazid didn't, he disavowed from it. What are you talking about? Umar ibn Khattab said, if a mule breaks its leg in a ditch in the street of Kufa, I'm responsible. Let's say Umar ibn Khattab. So when the grandson of the Prophet is like beheaded, you're going to tell me he didn't know? Are you kidding? Right? That's not husn al That's stupidity level. Right? So he then goes and sends an army to Medina. And the Prophet wasallam said, the curse of Allah Ta'ala be upon who ahdatha fil Medina hadathan. Whoever creates tumult in Medina. The curse of Allah be upon him. Okay? So what does he do? He goes and we call that, and they call in the books of history, the Battle of Al-Harra. And in that battle... He went in, many people were killed. It was tumult in the city to the point that the me- in the message of the Prophet ﷺ was not established for three days. So what kind of khalifa is this, right? Who, the result of your khilafah is the salah in the message of the Prophet's mosque is not established. It's not established. And not only that, what do we know about the message of the Prophet? We know it from Sa'id ibn Musayyib. And is there anyone more reliable than Sa'id ibn Musayyib in terms of narration? Because he's considered the most knowledgeable of the tabi'in. Sayyid Musayyib at this time was a teen. Later in his life, he was asked, how did you attain your rank? Because Sayyid Musayyib was considered the most knowledgeable, so much so that in his old age, Abdullah bin Omar used to say, I'm old, I have gotten old, and I forget many things. Go ask Sayyid. Can you imagine a Sahabi of Messenger of Allah saying to go ask you? I mean, what rank is this? So uh, he said, Allah knows best, but I believe it is from the, battle, the days of the Battle of Al-Harra. On the first day, the first Salah passed, it was not established in the Masjid of the Prophet. The second Salah passed, it was not established. The third Salah, fourth, fifth, and on the next day, I said, this cannot be. And he was a teen. He was a young man. He said, I pretended to be Majnoon. And I went banging around, yelling. Okay? So the soldiers allowed me through because they said, he's just Shab Majnoon. He's a young youth who's insane. Okay? And I went and I called the Adhan. And I heard the Adhan from the grave of the Prophet. And he said, the soldiers had kept their horses in the mosque of the Prophet. So these are his soldiers? These are Yazid's soldiers. They put their horses in the mosque of the Prophet, and the, the horses were... Living there. Stable. Stable. And what did they do? They poop. They, yeah. Were right? these guys not Muslim? Uh, they're Muslims, right? So, so they are, uh, the horses are pooping in the, ma- in the masjid, so he had to clean it up. So that's where he said, from that, I believe Allah knows best that Allah has blessed me in my life. So that's Sayyid al-Musayib said that, right? So that's what Yazid did. When he poked the bear, now everyone knows. So when if people were ambivalent about the nature of Yazid, what is Al-Hussein doing? Does he really need to do this? Can we just live in peace? What did he actually do? What did Yazid actually do? Right? No, he knew something that no one else knew. 
right, or that many people did not know, and that by poking that bear and by confronting the bear, he exposed him. And Sayyidina Ali has a statement that he said, the greatest jihad is to expose what is hidden. So he exposed. Now, no one, no, there's no question in Hijaz, and the news spread very quickly that he did this. Now, who was enraged at this? The people of Mecca. The people of Mecca were enraged. Now, did this all happen right away? No. The Battle of Al-Harra, the tumult, the anger of the Medinans slowly cooked. So you can't say, okay, it all happened so quickly he wasn't thinking. No. It happened like a year apart. Then another 18 months passed before the tumult in Mecca grew. What did he do? Did he say, hold on a second, now I've got two strikes against me. I killed Ahlul Bayt. Besides, Sayyidina not the only one. 70 other were killed. Yeah. Then I've done this in Medina. Now, Anas bin Malik, right? Anas, some people talk about going to the ruler. By the way, going to the ruler, you can go to the ruler. But what you do is what the question. <laughs> Anas bin Malik did not go give him some fuzzy advice. Anas bin Malik was there as an older man at this point. And the head of Al Hussein was delivered to Yazid. Anas walked in, and Anas, he's older Sahabi, he's, not, uh, he's untouchable. He's untouchable, also, Yazid's not afraid of him because he has a following. He wasn't that charismatic type of leader that was scary to Yazid. And he saw him playing with the teeth and the mouth of Al Hussein. And he said, put your stick down. He's using his miswak. Put your stick down, for I saw Rasulullah kissing those lips. Right? So Anas bin Malik is an example of a man. He, he's in and out the houses of rulers, but with what? With what? Right? He's not taking gold from them. He's going and he's talking to them. So Anas bin Malik would have said something. Other Sahaba would have, other people, I'm sure, in that year and a half, you don't think he heard anything? Of course he heard something. So another 18 months passes, he lays siege to Mecca. I mean, he didn't learn. So the idea that we could give him an excuse, give him a second excuse, give him a th- Khalas, it's three years. His rule was three years. Sayyidina Hussein came out in the first half of the first year. The Battle of Al-Harra came right around in the middle of his reign. The siege of Mecca at the end of his reign. And at this point, there's so much dua coming against Yazid, right? And also, when you attack the awliya and the sacred places like this, that Allah took his life early. He, he died. At the end of the siege of Mecca, uh, Yazid, Yazid died, right? So, who won this battle, right? So, at Hussein, he, it's like he, he poked a, a rock, right? And, then the next, and, and when that rock was poked or lifted, all the worms were visible. You know when you do that after the rain and you kick a rock or something, a big right. rock, or you move a mat and you're like, oh, all these worms. Whoa, we got to clean this out. So, he did that. When he suffered the response and sacrificed himself, really, and Medina became inflamed, he went and he did wrong to them and to the city and to the message of the Prophet and to the grave of the Prophet raising the sword in front of the grave of the Prophet on Muslims and putting your horses there to defecate. And when that happened, Mecca was inflamed. So what Al-Hussein did is he proved to history that this, was, this man was illegitimate ruler. So as we said, Musa salam lived to see the defeat of his enemy, but didn't live to see the success because he never made it to the Holy Land, all right? the promised land, as we should say. And Hussein, did, he did not live to see the defeat of his enemy, but he did defeat his enemy. He initiated it and a domino effect resulted. So the whole theme and the point is 
the issue of when there is dhulm, there has to be a reaction. There has to be a reaction. Like I go to my, uh, in soccer practice, and some of these kids are so rude to the coach. And there are some Muslim kids there from the masjid. They look at me because the coach doesn't react. <laughs> he just accepts it they've never seen a creature like this they've never seen an adult male like this right Right. they've never seen a guy get disrespected by like his son is on the team and disrespects his dad right in front of everyone and the no reaction what the heck and I have to always tell them there's going to be a reaction if, this was, if it was your grandpa you'd be Salatul Janaz Arbaut Takbirat. So this is the point. Uh, you wanted to, to, I'll turn it now to you guys. You know, this is my first point of the episode. Can I uh, just follow? Yeah. So we've established clearly Yazid was wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a Kafir. Mm-hmm. Allahu Alam, right? Um, just want to bring this up because I don't know if we'll touch on it and I think it's important because a lot of Muslims depending on their ethnic background and if I'm including there the English speaking Ummah mm-hmm. at this point they're taking remember the comment I said earlier about taking from the correct sources a lot of people have intermixed sources and they have interpolated sources and they have um, they're even listening to Sunnis who may have uh, borrowed from illegitimate sources and one of the one of the horrors that happens is that they start attributing Yazid's crimes, legitimate, real crimes, mm-hmm. to people that had nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. that were no longer even alive at mm-hmm. the time that these were being yeah. committed. And it's unacceptable. Not acceptable. It's unacceptable. Because you're compounding, but you, you, you feel like you're defending the Ahl-Bayt, but you're insulting the intelligence of the Prophet wasallam and the wisdom that he had in choosing the companions that he kept close to him, yeah. and that he entrusted with the writing down the revelation. This is totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And so for anybody that needs just a brief overview, Muawiyah radiallahu anh, was the legit, legitimate khalifa at the time. Mm-hmm. And in his old age, people told him Yazid is no good. And he mm-hmm. said, I've seen no good from him. He knows. Mm-hmm. He was aware. Yazid came to him. He's an old man. He's uh, towards the end of his life. He says, I've repented. I made tawbah. Mm-hmm. I'm rectifying my life. I know the great responsibility. You know, I'm not quoting this in that direct term practice. I know the great responsibility. I'm, I'm good. I'll, be do, I'll do well. And shows him those things. What old man whose son was astray mm-hmm. and then the son comes to him in his last days and says, Baba, I've changed. Mm-hmm. I've, I understand what I should be doing and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm on the right road now. It just brings them joy. Yeah. So why would he turn him away? Mm-hmm. And why would he feeling, I, I would imagine you would <coughs> think that you turn him away at that point. First of all, you're showing no mercy mm-hmm. and you're saying, I don't care about your repentance. I'm judging you on what you did before. It's actually a very awkward situation for a dad. He can't say to him, so what? You mm-hmm. sinned before? And so you can't be trusted. I don't care that now you're on the river. No, he's overjoyed by it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he accepted it. And this is why he supported his, mm-hmm. his taking over the rule. Uh, wa- I want to say something else, too. M- Muawiyah, Sayyidina Muawiyah did not surprise anyone when he passed it on to his son. No. He announced in his life, with the presence of companions still alive, I am the first, I am making it a monarchy. Mm-hmm. He announced it. Why? Because he felt that this is what's needed, right? He's telling you. He's telling you honestly. He's not telling you as boasting for sins, right? He's not boasting for his sinfulness, right? He's saying, I am informing you all. This is a monarchy. I'm the first king of the Arabs, okay? Meaning of the Muslims. Because once Sayyidina Omar went to Syria to inspect him, 
Or of the Arabs, because the Umayyads, let's be honest. Yeah, because yeah, the <laughs> Umayyads cared so much about the Arabness, yeah. which some people say the, oh, the only benefit or the wisdom of that is just that they really spread the Arabic language, right? Uh, in any event, well, who knows, maybe others would have too, but who knows. But uh, Sayyidina Omar, when he went, uh, he went in, he saw guards, right? He saw hujub. Hujub means like, uh, if you want to pass this gate, you need to talk to so-and-so. If you need to pass this door, you need to talk to so-and-so. If you want to talk to Muawiyah, you need to talk to so-and-so first, then so-and-so, then so-and-so, then so-and-so. Arabic lesson, same rules hijab. Yeah, same rules hijab. Ba- barriers, barriers, barriers. Finally, Sayyidina Omar saw this. He said, do you think this is a, a, is it Persian? Are we Persians, right? <laughs> he said, a Pharisee it's in here, right? Is this Persian, right? He said, oh, Amir al-Mu'mineen, there are so many enemies in this land and there's so much plotting, right? There's so much plotting that this is necessary. I said, no, Umar ibn Khattab on his way back to uh, uh, Medina, he confided in Abdurrahman ibn Auf and he said, I'm replacing him. I don't like it, right? And he was assassinated a short while later, right? So he never replaced him. But that was his approach. So Muawiyah, so it's not, he didn't hide anything. Omar saw it. He was not sneaking, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when people then say, well, Sifin, what was that? And they say how he opposed Ali right. and he offended Sayyidina Ali and he did many things. Well, in the books of Islamic law, you can find these discussions in the expanded works, contemporary works usually, in the chapter of had crimes, in the subsection of hudud. I mean, uh, rebellion, right? Rebellion. Uh, rebellion, okay, they def- divide it into three categories. One, there's legitimate rebellion. That's at Hussein's. The second is... And re- rebellion by opinion, that is incorrect. Ijtihadi. Ijtihadi opinion, that's incorrect. In that case, the rebel can be killed, but he's not sinful. He's wrong, but not sinful. Okay? And he attributed that to Sayyidina Muawiyah. That he viewed that there cannot be any action at all until the killers of Uthman are prosecuted. Okay? That was his opinion. And he felt that this, you're not, you can't be legitimate Khalifa with those people seeking refuge in your camp. Because the Khawarij, the people who killed Sayyidina Uthman, were seeking refuge in Ali's camp. And he knew that, right? But they had such huge tribes behind them that Sayyidina Ali said, once I prosecute them, it's going to be a civil war. These tribes are going to r- rise up. If there's a civil war, right, they're going to exhaust my men, my troops. And we have the Persians breathing down our neck to the right. And we have the Byzantines breathing down our left to the left, right? And we just finished Egypt, okay? So I can't afford to lose that many men, okay? So you notice Sayyidina Adi is using his intellect. He's not saying, do the right thing and rely upon Allah and kill us all, right? <laughs> no, he's not doing that. He's using his brain. And the, the, actual, the actual people who killed uh, Uthman were Egyptian. They're Egyptians. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like... Exactly. You have the Khawarij and the Egyptians you're going to have to. Correct. You're going to have to go to Egypt to draw those people in. You have the Khawarij. Exactly. You're to have to so fight. You're, that means you're going to have to fight a two-front war. Yeah. You're going to have problems with Egypt, in Egypt, and you're going to have problems. Now, I, I want to say something, too. And this is not to say anything. Of course, we can't say anything bad about the Sahaba. No. He said, Omar ibn Khattab did not want to conquer Egypt. He changed his mind, and he told Amr ibn As, begged him, give me Egypt. He said... I'm de- uh, we have to have a shura. They called the Sahaba. They said, we're stretched too thin. Don't do it. Then others said, we have the momentum. Do it now before we never do it. 
He said, now look at how Omar, when he was between the decision, what he said. He said, go, but if, if I change my mind before you arrive, you turn back. <laughs> if I change my mind after you arrive, right, then do it. Okay? So Sayyidina Omar took action. He didn't suspend the matter. He took action, that, but left it open-ended for a change. And gave himself a deadline. Yeah. And gave himself a deadline. Right? Brilliant. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sayyidina Omar bin Khattab changed his mind. He writes a letter. He sends it to Muawiyah. If, once you receive my letter. If you are... Muawiyah? Uh, I mean to uh, Amr ibn Nas. He sends him a letter. He says, if you are not in Egyptian soil, turn back. If you are on Egyptian soil, proceed. The letter gets to him to Amr ibn As a couple days before and he's rushing Amr ibn As was rushing rushing <laughs> rushing rushing right <laughs> then the letter comes to him and he and he comes with a young man he says he's Amr sent a healthy young man right who can ride days and nights to get to him he rode he get to him and he said I have a letter before he was able to utter the words from Amir al-Mu'mineen. He said, shut your mouth and go to the back. (laughs) (laughs) So that if he said that, did you receive a letter from Amir al-Mu'mineen before you got to Egypt? He could say no, because he didn't hear those words. (laughs) He, they arrive, he gets to Egypt, right? Entered the Egyptian soil, stops the troops, the camps. He says to the people, where are we? He said, we're now in Egypt. He said, bring that young man. <laughs> bring the letter. He opens the letter. Okay. He says, from Amir al He reads it out loud to the people. From Amir al-Mu'mineen, from, uh, from Amr al-Khattab to Amr al-As, if you are not in Egyptian soil, turn back. If you are in Egyptian soil, proceed. He said, are you all my witnesses? They said, yes, we're your witnesses. They didn't see that he shut that boy up and sent him <laughs> back, right? So if you notice, there was a little bit of trickery, okay, in the taking of Egypt. The, uh, he's the progenitor of attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> he then, uh, this is, this is why all the, radiallahu anh, all the Egyptians, they name Amr. Mm. I was talking to my daughter the, the other day. Right? <laughs> wow. Right? <laughs> is that true? Oh, yeah. Well, have you seen a desi called Amr? Right? <laughs> so I was talking with my daughter the other day. We know uh, one. Who? Abdul Ghani. Uh, Amr, that's oh, Amr, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she said, she was saying, she said, "What do you want to name your kid?" I, uh, she said, "I'll name him Muhammad first, and then I'll think." But he said, "If I really want to go Egyptian, I'll just name him Amr." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there is some trickiness here, and what's the result? Years later, where does the fitna begin? Egypt. Okay, where does it begin there? In any event. Uh, we're not going to say that it's Amr ibn As's fault. No, I'm just not. saying that the beginning of something and the end of something, you can sort of see that there's a parallel, right? There's some, the issue comes from Egypt and it came from Iraqis. The Khawarij were from Egypt and from Iraq. Right. When, Sayyidina, <laughs> when Sayyidina, and of course, when we say they're Egypt and Iraq, they're not Egyptians, they're Arabs that live there. Yeah. They're cops, right? No, but the, 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 fit, the fitna causers were Arabs, were Arabs who moved there, right? right. So, one of the things that Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib said to argue against them, he said, uh, he said, you both are plotting on the Ummah, or on the Khalifa, on Uthman. They said, no, Wallahi, we're not plotting. He said, then how did you guys arrive at the same time? <laughs> the Egyptians and the Iraqis, right? So they're, and they're, they're connected to tribes in Arabia. In the, the, yeah, so the right? Kufans were also Arabs, not Persians. The Kufans are all Arabs. So at this point, the administration 
is by the, the Arabs, right? Mm-hmm. And they're sending people out there, right? It hasn't mixed yet. There's not been time for intermarriages. So then at that point, Sayyidina Ali's concern is, and I haven't lost train, right? I know we're, we're getting back to the point. Sayyidina Ali realizes they're going to have a problem in Egypt. I'm going to have an uprising in Iraq. I'm going to have an uprising from the tribes if I prosecute these many, many, many men who plotted again on this killing, right? Mm-hmm. And then where do you draw the line? Is it the killer, right? The one who stabbed? Is it the ones who entered the home? Or is it all of them who caused the problem? It's a gray area, right? Who do I kill? Who do I punish, right? So Sayyidina Adi said, this requires some thought, and I cannot afford a civil war right now, right? So he delays the prosecution. Sayyidina Muawiyah said, if you spend another night, you're not, if you spend one night with them in your camp, right, you're not legitimate. And of course, Sayyidina Adi is correct. We know that Sayyidina Adi is correct for other reasons. Uh, he, first, he's Walid Amr. Number two, the Prophet said, Ammar taqtulhu al-fi'atul baghiyah. Right? Ammar ibn Yasir will be killed by the rebellious army. Okay? So if the one army is rebellious, then what is the original one? The other one? The rightful, the truthful one, right? So who killed Ammar ibn Yasir? Ammar ibn Yasir was killed in the Battle of Safin by the Syrians. Yeah, Muawiyah's people. So uh, the Khawarij then, these troops, in their qualms with Sayyidina Uthman over administrative and political matters, the go-between was Ali. Why? Because Ali always sympathized with the poor. And they were the poor, right? They felt oppressed. Ali bin Abi Talib was the outsider in the administration of Sayyidina Uthman because he's Bani Hashim, they're Bani Umayyah, they don't, they're oil and water, right? So he was on the outside. So he was the senior Sahaba that they went to, and he, saw, he said, yes, I see that you, the, the governors of the Umayyads have mistreated you. And he was the go-between. And he has some very stern talks to Sayyidina Uthman, right? He gave Sayyidina Uthman some stern talks. And we don't deny that Sahaba had conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. They never doubted each other's religion. That's the difference. Right. Some people said, oh, the Sahaba cursed each other. Maybe not over their deen. He never said you're an innovator. He never said you're not on the right path, etc. <laughs> That's a big difference because it's a big Shia argument that Sahaba cursed one another. Why can't we curse them? Right? right, right. They, <laughs> they never <laughs> cursed one another over their religion. <laughs> right? They never did that over their religion, over, uh, over Ijtihadi matters. Okay? So when they viewed that Sayyidina Ali is our man and they tried to use him, now once he became into power, they knew they're in trouble. They knew he's going to prosecute them, right? And he said it. He said, but after I consolidate, okay? So what did they do? Well, you know, when you say, like, your enemy, you know, stay close to your friends, but closer to your enemy. What's the saying? Yeah. Right? Keep your Keep friends be- closer, yes. your enemies closer. Yes. So what did they do? They latched onto him. Try to stall him by trying to please him, yet at the same time, delay the consolidation as much as possible so he forgets. And this took them four, they did this over a span of four and a half years. And in that four and a half years, because they were insincere from the get-go, they developed a false religion, which is Khairajism, which and all they care about is the outward image of religiosity. They want Ali to see they're religious, right? That maybe he changed their mind. But at the same time, their backup plan is keeps fomenting fitna for him, foment the fitna so that he never consolidates and never gets to us. In that sense, there's nothing new under the sun. They're very much like the original monafics. Yeah. Very from much the like t- the, from, the time, from the early period. Yeah. Right. So they came in and this is, so they were, they, they started off as these people angry about oppression, right? Mm. They start off like that. Then for that reason, to save their own hides, 
they made themselves look religious. They stuck to Ali to go to extremes. And because of their lack of sincerity, they uh, were only really focused on the outward. And they had no religious sense. They were just uh, literalists, basically. Mm. So that was how Khawarij are formed. Until a point where a, a group of them rebelled. And when, once they saw that he's too weak, then they just rebelled. Yeah. So, once, so they instigated the Battle of the Camel. They instigated it. Right. right? They rushed and killed the, uh, the side of Tarha and Zubair and Sayyid Aisha without permission. Mm. Right? Claiming zeal for Ali. Because it was an insincere zeal. They're only trying to love him so that he can, uh, you know, that they, he cannot Solid. prosecute them, right? right? Just, and then they're, at the same time, fomenting fitna mm. in the ummah, right? Fomenting fitna for him so that he doesn't have time to consolidate. So then he kills members, they kill members from the Battle of the Camel, uh, from that side. When they woke up, they're like, what is this? You're killing our people. We didn't do anything to you. Right? We never raised a sword against you because Talhan Zubair and Sayyid Aisha, they never raised a sword. They went with their people. They tried to block him from leaving. Right? They didn't raise a sword. Then some of the Khawarij killed some of their people in the dark, in the darkness of the night. They woke up and said, what is this? Right? So some of their people rushed and killed some of Sayyidina people. Then war battle started. Once that was passed, okay, now we got to consolidate from the killing of Uthman. We had the battle of the camel, so let's cool it down. Okay, now he has another problem, said Namawi. Okay, let's cool this down first before I get to deal with you people, right? And that took a long time and sucked the energy out. Of, you know how many hundreds of thousands of people fought in that battle of Safin? Battle of Safin was truly a civil war. And the, it was in the tens of thousands of deaths on both sides. To the point that Sayyidina Ali said, even though Baghi, Baghi is rebellion, is punishable by death. It should be all be killed, right? However... Sayyidina Ali saw, if I do this, we lose Syria, right? What's more important? To keep Islam in Syria, right? Or to fight these rebels? To lose the whole land? So Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib, he's using a fiqhi judgment call here, right? Mm -hmm. And he's saying, no. If they want to stop, I'll agree to stop, okay? I'll agree to stop because, yes, they're rebelling against me but at the same time they're the only people keeping Islam there the Byzantines are breathing down their neck so Sayyidina Ali this is the maturity of Sayyidina Ali and his vision of Islam for the Ummah over his own self and his own power and his own personal uh, dignity so once they saw though now two years passed a year and a half passed it was time now to go meet Muawiyah again mm -hmm. and he gathered his troops and the people were like oh, we don't want to go Khalas, we're tired we don't want to go they were, no, they, were no, they were exhausted. They were no good, right? Yeah. Well, there's, they didn't have any zeal for it either because yeah. why would you? Yeah. I mean, you obey your leader, but it's not something where you feel like this is, yeah. this is we should go and yeah. raise arms because this exactly. is, right? They're your people at the end of the yeah. day. Once that was put on display, the Kharijites realized we actually don't need him anymore, right? We don't need Ali anymore. So they went so extreme in both those matters, the fermenting of fitna for him and trying to show that they're his supporters, they went, like the Prophet said, through the, ar uh, the target. The arrow that goes through the target. Like if you shoot a deer from too close, your arrow goes through the target. Yeah. And you don't want that. You want the arrow to go in the target. So they said, we actually don't need him anymore. He's a kafir anyway. Yeah, so let's create a thing where we can, we can stay away from him, right? And they created a religious argument that he is not a Muslim, right? <laughs> right? And he, that he's illegitimate, right? So they went out against him. 
and Ibn Abbas at that time, uh, because they created this is the first time that they create that a religious argument was created to support a political purpose, right? If you notice, say Aisha and Tarhan Zubair, they're like, no, don't leave, right. prosecute, don't leave. That's worldly, right? That's right. a fiqhi matter, right? Likewise, Muawiyah, that was a worldly matter, prosecute. The, they created a religious, so they were the first sect in Islam. And Sayyidina Ibn Abbas, that's where the phrase Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah comes from at that hour, at that time. And Ibn Abbas was sent to debate them. There were 24,000, and he came back with 16,000. He argued with them, debated them, and came back with 16,000. Right? So their numbers were reduced to eight. So the battle that ensued, he routed them, and then they fled. Then the people said, should we chase them? He said, no, leave them. Leave them in their mosques. As long as they don't raise a sword against us, leave them in their mosques. Right? Now, even though Prophet has a hadith that says, the Khawarij, and he described the Khawarij, and he said, if they are alive, what did he say? I will kill them all. Who narrates the hadith? Ali bin Abi Talib, right? He's the narrator of certain hadiths related to the Khawarij, right? However, he's the one who faces them and he doesn't do it. Why? Because he's, he's a faqih, right? He's, he's using fiqh. It means consider the circumstances, right? He considers the circumstances. So, yes, that's the ruling. But if the, that ruling will lead to a greater harm, then we won't apply it. So the Khilaf of Sayyidina Ali is totally a lesson, right, in how there are so many rules of the Sharia that he sees, yes, that's the technical rule. Kill all the rebels. You're going to lose Syria, right? So that he didn't apply them. Yeah. So if I can, just to try to encapsulate this, um, this is super important for people alive today who are looking at the world, the conflicts in the Muslim lands, and trying to pick a side and say, oh, the correct thing is this mm. without any gray area. Or yeah. the correct thing is the opposite of it. And there's no gray area. And anybody in the middle is just, you know, whatever, yeah. right? First, you have, you can't take any of those positions and it's all enveloped in this, right? The, the whole thing, this, this, this period of the Muslim history encompasses all of it. So you can't take the position that you never rebel. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, Yazid, legitimate rebellion against yeah. him. So you can't take that position. But you also can't take the position that you should always rebel. Yeah. Or you should always fight the illegitimate rule. Or you should always just go all out and kill. Because in other instances, it was, it was legitimate. It wasn't legitimate to do that. Yeah. Even though it would have been permissible mm -hmm. to go out and prosecute and murder and, and execute all of them. Yeah. Right? You can't be on either side of this. You have to. Everything is contextual. Mm -hmm. Everything is specific to the case. You have to use wisdom. And the last thing about this is you always have to have an emir for your movement. You have to. Like, this is not, uh, well, we all kind of agree, so, and we got guns. You That's have what to the Karajite movement was. Yeah. No leader. Yeah, no leader. No yeah. leader. The, the Khawarij were no leader. They were just, their, their name describes them. Yeah. They're just rebel. Yeah. It's just That's rebel. That's what they did. They're <laughs> just rebels, son. Yeah. Right? And like, like, there's nothing about it that's, that's organized. It's, it's, it's organized it's by its, by its, uh, its disorganization, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's the, high, the hallmark yeah. of it. Because if they want chaos, right. you want it to be uncontrolled. And right. you want to be able to throw a spark and not, no one responsible for it. What happens, right? Exactly. So, uh, our, I mean, Arab Spring was very much like that. Okay, I'm not saying that they, they didn't have some cause, but it was an unorganized thing, and one spark is thrown, and who, who is the, let's say, the, 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 the ruling class, who are they going to fight back? Right. Like, you guys didn't 
contain yourselves into a box that I can fight back and 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 uh, not harm other civilians. So he's just going to have to go after everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the problem with this uncontained style of rebellion. Now, in any event, uh, the point about this, another point is that if you think of that, the Khawarij in Medina, say Northman, he used to teach fiqh. He used to teach the law, right? And this is known about him, that he used to teach fiqh. Even in his khilafah, he taught the people the law. He knows the law about rebels. But again, he's like a mujtahid imam who saw that to quell rebellion and shed their blood and kill them all, which he would have total permission to do, he said this would be bad Mm -hmm. because it's in the city of the Prophet only like 25 years after his death, right? So what is two years of Sayyidina Omar? I mean, two years of 10 of Omar, that's 12. His was 13. So that's what? 25, right? So we're not even 30 years out and we're going to have a war in the city of the Prophet? I don't want to face the Prophet I'm having killed Muslims in his city. So Sayyidina Uthman, so look at how many actual black and white rulings there are in the Sharia that these mujtahid sahabis and I'm saying mujtahid not like they're trying I'm saying they're they're te- like they're they are getting the right answer that's the right answer what they did was the right answer because right. the Prophet said follow them and the Prophet would not say follow someone incorrect he said in the hadith follow my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khalifas so there when I say ishtahid it means that it's just not it's it's not written in stone in the Quran and the hadith right it's their opinion but their opinion is correct so uh he doesn't kill them, even though the book, the law says kill rebels. Say Nadi, the law says kill rebels. Didn't kill them, right? At a certain point, so there's sign. There's the ijtihad always involved, as circumstances and considering other things. Yeah. And one of the most important things we got to remember, and it seems like people don't know these things from the Sira anymore. When popular speakers talk and they're just making these statements, and uh, as if these stories don't even exist, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes when the Sahabis did the right thing. Um, in the worldly context, it meant total failure, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Khalifa... Temporary um, failure. Temporary failure in the sense that, look, uh, after um, Imam Ali, the Khalifa's gone, right? In the sense of the uh, Khalifa Rashidun. Yeah. And then we're playing this, well, the real Khalifa, please stand up game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for, you know, a thousand years mm-hmm. after that. So you might say, okay, Uthman an, should have been brutal and just you know, killed all the, spl- spilled all their blood in the city of the Prophet Or Ali should have been, you know, just kill, uh, behead Muawiyah, everybody else, yeah. right? But in those moments, that wasn't the moral thing to do, right? And they did the right thing, but it might have not translated into a political or econ- econ- economic victory. And uh, the thing is, that's not how we judge, though. Yeah. We judge using the, the moral laws. So when you say things like, oh, these people rebelled, and you know they they got humiliated or uh, they you know they lost yeah. right well that doesn't mean anything the thing is were they legitimate you know were they doing the right thing yeah. were they on the right side of history so i mean most people forget this for some reason you've got playing monday morning quarterback right mm-hmm. armchair you know this phrase Monday morning, maybe yeah. some people don't know this. Yeah. It means basically you come in Monday morning and you say, well, he should have passed it to the wide receiver on the left or he should have run the ball, right? He should have punted, right? Yeah, but you're just watching it and you're nothing. You're going to play Monday morning quarterback for 1,400 years ago, right? The that's, event that that's happens. That's the problem, right? I mean, it's absurd. All we have is to transmit the narrations, right? And we have Revelation telling us certain things. 
certain things like that, the Khulafa are going to be correct, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, that certain Sahaba, you don't touch them in your speech. All the Sahaba, I should say. Yeah. Certain, the only class of people that are untouchable in your speech, unless you're teaching the event that happened, right? Right, like teaching the event of what Amr ibn yeah. As did. Yeah. That's out of teaching, but it's not to extend your tongue on anyone and to judge their moral character. Okay, the Quran and the Prophet said and put a limit on the Sahaba. You don't. You can talk yeah. about what they did for educational purposes only. But you cannot, cannot make a moral judgment on them. That's what we have, and the narrations. You can't. Put yourself in their shoes. You don't even know what it's like to live without electricity. Right. Forget living in that time period. And, right. And, and by the way, one other thing to, that's worth saying, um, in, in case it's not been said clearly enough, is that the person who was the legitimate ruler had not an not an opinion that these people should be fought and punished, but even a command, a ruling from the Prophet wasallam. These people, if they appear fight them kill them mm-hmm. all i would kill them all right mm-hmm. and still analyzed the situation yes. and said let me make sure that this is the best thing and yeah. if it isn't i won't do it mm-hmm. to then say to then say in the modern context that well listen it's permissible to rebel against this guy or it's permissible to fight these people it's permissible to try to kill them all we don't have to worry about the consequences because win or lose we're on the side of the r- of the right yeah ali <laughs> ali radiallahu didn't make that choice he yeah. didn't say well I have the I have the hadith, true, and I know it because I narrate it. <laughs> I was, I'm the chain is me, yeah, right. This is the the goldenest of yeah. chains. <laughs> I know it's true. Yeah. Uh, it's a hundred percent sahih, yeah. and I know exactly what the words were, and I'm not applying it because the greater wisdom is to not cause bloodshed and 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 fitna and chaos in yeah. the land, and I have every right to do it. Yeah, but at the same time, look at Uthman, or the Allah, right? He he could have. Maybe you could argue that the wisest thing to do would have been to kill those rebels and rule for another 20, 30 years, right? Maybe you, you could have said that, right? Yeah. But the thing is that those four khulafa, uh, Rashidun, they're the awliya of the sahaba, awliya of awliya, because they've done the moral thing. Let me right? tell you, I have a feeling. Not, not because they had this political acumen yeah. uh, or so on and so forth. Uh, like, for example, I, I don't believe that, uh, you know, Muawiyah had to take over for the Muslim empire to become a modern empire. There's no doubt about that. To control half the world, you know, you couldn't do that for Medina. There's just no way, right? Sometimes piety gets in the world of worldly ambition, right? Quote, unquote, I would say. Sometimes when you're so concerned about, you know, doing the right thing and... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what level of piety would you address? Alex I mean, Listen, in all seriousness in all let, me broad, let me broadcast this Alex has taken off his glasses His so watch I'm, is coming off what, no, His what sleeves listen, are rolling up Muawiyah's level of righteousness Is beyond And, I, and I'm, I'm saying I love you uh, no, I love Not you about Muawiyah I take it back Not about Muawiyah His level of yeah. righteousness Is above any human being alive today Of course, of course you're, The peer of your peer And his great-grandfather's peer Are all Dust right. compared to Muawiyah radiallahu yeah. anhu. Of course, and that's for every Sahaba. Right. So like we don't go. Oh, well, we needed somebody a little less righteous. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. What I mean, what I mean to say, right? What I mean to say is that taking the capital. So when Muawiyah took over Syria, right? You saw what he did there. He set up his government like um, like the Byzantines, yeah. right, or the Persians. So whereas Omar radiallahu anhu didn't really like that mm-hmm. because 
it went against like his sense of sort of independence, yeah. group cooperation, and the way that the Prophet oh, I mean, did things, right? Yeah. Whereas uh, Muawiyah was adapting to the time, right? Uh, see, so see, well, no, so no, the no. thing is, and the, mm. the thing is, you'll see in uh, Islamic circumstances, whenever the Muslims go into a new place, they take on the political structures of their time. So that's what I mean by they weren't they weren't trying to like get to this ideal caliphate, right? What they were trying to do, they go into Persia, they rule like the Persians, right? Right. And if they didn't do that, they wouldn't rule half the world. Uh, it's just something. not possible. <laughs> yeah, so. The other thing, um, the other thing to note is that the Umayyads, as a group, were the ruling classes. Right? These are people that have long history of being leaders, of being emirs of the mm -hmm. people. They come from wealth. They come from influence and power. Omar radiallahu anh, is a, a one hundred percent a polymath and a, and a genius and a genius at statecraft. Mm -hmm. But also, he was from a different background. He came from an eloquent background, hence his, the, the name of his family, his family name, or the name his family mm -hmm. is known, Al-Khattab, right? Because they were very good, eloquent speakers. He was also highly educated. By the way, people don't know, a lot of people don't know, Omar was highly educated. Yeah. He not only knew how to read and write, he also knew math, mm. right? So, which was uncommon uh, among those people. But he came from a rough background. Yeah. He grew up rough. His father was a very tough man. So it's a different, it's a different, these are, these, it's like the, the Omeyyads are the aristocrats. Yeah. And Omar is a, uh, uh, an eloquent, uh, educated genius, but kind of from a tough background. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he, look, he goes, what is all these guards? Yeah. Pull your sword out. Sayyidina Muawiyah's mother used to always say, which she, is Hind. She was tough. Right? Hind, radiallahu she, she used to say, you will be the king of the Arabs. She was planted it in him. She wasn't right? kidding. She wasn't kidding. And he said, I'm the first king of the Arabs. That's, Imam al-Haddad said, that when a scribe of the Prophet, even though he says he's the king, to us he's the sixth Khalifa. Of course, Sayyidina Hassan ruled for six months. And then Sayyidina Muawiyah. So, uh, now, I wanted to turn now to something else. Because why are we talking about this? Ashura, to the issue of oppression, and the issue of never giving injustice a hard time. Now, why, uh, an, easy, an easy pass, an easy time. Why am I saying this? Our religion, Allah Ta'ala has brought... Number one, knowledge, revel, revealed knowledge. Number two, he brought us a spirituality, a nearness to him. And all this has to be protected. Point is, this has to be protected. The nur that the Prophet gives, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, brought by the Quran and through the Quran and through his sunnah, it, it really gives us a great life, right? Now, this great life needs to be protected. Course. And what is it that's going to ruin this life, right? And I always like tell, remind, it's very important to remind people of the nama that they're in. When I, even like when I go on field, I said, look kids, look, listen to this. And uh, some of the youth are there for the youth. Look at this, look, the sky's clear. The grass is beautiful, right? The roads are clean, right? How does, Allah has given us a good life, right? We have your family, you got grandparents, you don't have, we don't get drunk, right? We don't have problems, you know, getting married. Alhamdulillah, we get married. We go to our, every year the Shabab are getting married. Alhamdulillah, right? So, and the, and the little kids see this. So this is, a, this is an amazing thing, right? And they get married and they have their own kids and they repeat the cycle and their grandparents are happy now. All of this happiness, we have jobs, it's from the Sharia, right? It's from just, it's from acting rightly. So justice is the protector of a good life. We have a nice, happy, good life, right? And most Westerners, they have this, right? Alhamdulillah, Western Muslim, you have meaning in your life, you have purpose. If you do some dhikr, you have some spirituality too, right? Overall, we have great blessing. 
what's going to ruin it? Injustice. Any injustice, Muslim or Catholic, right? right? So we have to frame justice is that justice is not the goal. Justice is the protector of the prize. Right. So when we talk about oppression, we don't talk about it like from the Marxist standpoint or the political standpoint that when we say the word the oppressor, it's the tyrants and the despots and all. How, when are you going to see a tyrant in your life? Think about it. Let's be practical. <laughs> right? This is talk. Okay. It's There's the, a golf course in Bedminster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, it's like what you were saying yeah. earlier about the Monday morning quarterbacks, right? Yeah. And it's not just about like 1,400 years ago people are, court, you know, doing the Monday morning quarterback. People do the Monday morning quarterback of, of you know, events that are happening in the world now. Yeah. I mean, these are real-life events that happen to real-life yeah. people. I'll, when you read it in a textbook or, you know, read it on a tweet, it's yeah. very different, right? And I want to yeah. be on the record, I'm sorry, that, and I have, I have, t- I have proof because of electronic devices that on Friday night, not Monday morning. On Friday night, I was like, don't do it. Don't play that game. On what? On Friday night, <laughs> not Monday morning. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was, I, I, I've, been not, that's, I've not changed my position on that. Yeah. I wasn't opposed to people, and I didn't criticize them, but I did say that it's not the right thing. Which it's is not what? not going to work out well. What is that? Any of, any of what happened since Tunisia. Oh, yeah. yeah the yeah. Tunisians had it e- relatively easy because yeah. that guy was, was not strong. Arab Spring you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Ben Ali was not strong. Yeah. He what he wasn't Assad he wasn't Mubarak he wasn't definitely he wasn't he wasn't as strong as these guys and you know the military kind of was like yeah mm-hmm. it's he's gotta go yeah. that guy can go yeah <laughs> he's not he's not the one <laughs> also it's not a Israeli buffer it's not a buffer for Israel yeah, Tunisia no, it can come and go it's fine the French are out of that yeah is there, is, is, Tunisia can come and go no one's gonna be bothered the right? last time the French intervened in any of this was to se- was to the bombing of Libya yeah and because they were trying to get that contract for with for fighter jets with uh, UAE which they did yeah I mean if anyone Since when has France been in, in a war recently <laughs> yeah but it, they, they showed off their their airplanes though if anyone wants to know the the basic summary lesson 101 of Middle East politics I don't know why we still call it Middle East it's a British term <laughs> relative the near, to them the uh, yeah. it's the center of the world yeah we should call it the center zone since mecca is our center zone middle earth <laughs> middle earth <laughs> <laughs> but but uh the summary is the west they in europe they need the despots there to create a buffer for israel that's mm-hmm. how simple it is right yeah, i mean that's yeah. how simple. but what we were saying that when is the last time you go you when it, when are you ever in your life gonna really stand up against oppression Okay, yes, it's a nice, it's a very important principle to have. I'm against, yes, he sees he's a killer. He killed all those people in Rabia. Okay, all these people are killers. That's the principle. You touch it upon it, okay, once or twice in your life, and that's it. That's our position, period. Right? To harp on it every single day from 3,000 miles away is not showing courage. Oppression in Sharia is every disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in aqidah, in fiqh, in mu'amalat, in everything. Okay. And the first responsibility in this is your own self. The second responsibility is your family. If you have dependents that you that you have they have to listen to you. Your third responsibility now is your small community, your friends and your community. Sounds so, like an ayah of Quran. <laughs> it is. It is, right? Nara, right? Protect yourself. Your, it's, so if we want to be these courageous people against oppression, to write an article about a guy who's never going to see it, who's 5,000 miles away, who doesn't even speak your language, okay, it's nice. It's not a display of courage. It's not a display of great iman. What really Allah is going to ask you about 
Yes, that position is important. I agree with that. I'm, I'm for that. I'm against them all. We all are. But the, what Allah will truly ask you about is your dependence. Okay? Your community. You saw the haram happening in your community. What's the basic haram? Okay, the, the community stopped eating halal meat. This, and I'm telling you the type of, uh, the type of like you said, soas type. Right, those so <laughs> ask <laughs> the universe. Yeah, school of Oriental and African studies. Those types, uh, um, the, the these types of people on Twitter, right? A lot of them. So, what they're looking at? I lost my train of thought because Alex was showing me a, a thing here. So, the, so, <laughs> the, the type of so ask people. Uh, yeah. So I was saying. I'm sorry. These I was showing it to you because of that comment, which is yeah. Twitter comments are of no real con- no consequences in real life there's except no for the sins of the ton that you commit. True. Other than that, there's no points. There's no bonuses. You're not uh, unlocking new levels by being super cool on Twitter. Yeah. It's not getting you anything. And, and these and these uh, views that oppression is this almost sounds like it's almost a type of Marxist approach, which being against oppression is not Marxist, right? But to view it as it's but us versus the ruler, Marxism right? might be the opposite. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the ruler, the ruler. Okay, we get that. That's our position. But oppression in Sharia can be much closer to home. It can be much something much smaller, mm. right? Like backbiting. Like you see people not, uh, you know, observing their deen properly. Like a false belief that's going, a heretical belief that's spreading in, the, in your friend group, Right? All this is dhulm too. It's all oppression too. But that's something more likely that Allah will ask you about because you could have done something about it. Yeah. I mean, that's my main problem. And that's actually why I've been silent this, this half of this episode. Yeah. It's because in real life, right, most of like the people that are you know clamoring on about this, whether it's on Twitter or writing articles, I mean, in real life, these things don't have like consequence to the degree that people imagine them to be to have right I agree. it's it's the it's the real life effort that happens in your local communities mm-hmm. in your in your flock so to speak yeah. that that actually matters right i yeah. mean it's i think it's not just these muslim topics i think any topic most people online is just you know i i just imagine these people you know sitting on their couches eating cheetos typing out these messages on no, no, twitter no 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 yeah. no, if, no 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 as if no 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 their mom's couch <laughs> yeah man like their the, dad's like, couch like, the, they can't, don't, can't afford rent yeah. the average age look, is probably under 30 years old yeah. average yeah i look I, I don't have time to read no like offense, some, somebody <laughs> look some these guys sent me a bunch of articles on you know uh, like I, i've actually not followed up on uh the Dr. Sherman Jackson thing, CVE thing. So I don't have time. I have a job. I have a family. <laughs> Listen, a great like, like. measure, a great measure of things in one sense, a great measure in, in one sense uh, of, of the relevance or the importance of real world importance of things is what are the 45 and 46 year old people doing? Because at that age, usually you got a lot of responsibilities. You got a lot of time, right? I mean, you don't have a lot of time. You got a lot of responsibilities. So those types of people care more about you know, what's going on in the local masjid? What are we doing Absolutely. to make sure the kids learning Arabic? Mm-hmm. Make sure the next generation is learning Quran, right? So you'll find uh, the sectors of the age sector tells you a lot about the realm. But on the other hand, there is another flip side to this. That as you grow older and you have more responsibility, you become too practical and you, lo- you lose idealism. You can never lose your idealism. And idealism usually is the place of youth. And if you lose it, it's still a shame that, right. okay, life came... And I'm so busy, and all that matters is the prices of gas. You don't want to become that person. 
You become like the insurance company. Have you become your parents lately? You see I mean, that look, look, don't commercial? get me wrong. I, I think it's extremely important for certain people uh, in certain positions of actual influence to be involved in these things, and I think they should have advisors and et cetera, et cetera. However, I think the common lay folk. Okay, look. Let let me take a, give you a most very recent example. This this stuff with Ali Al Arian, right? I had not read any of this stuff that you guys started sending around for the last three weeks. I read it yesterday, and I was like, oh, so this was the big deal. Okay, I moved on. Okay, everybody else has already moved on. By the way, <laughs> you know what that was? That was that was that was a young upstart challenging some older people in the community. And it's the type of thing that 200 years ago somebody would have would have pulled out a, a a gauntlet, a gun, a glove, smacked somebody, and said, "I want satisfaction," and they would have met at dawn. <laughs> right? Like it's 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 like one it's like one person insulting another, and we don't. I you know, I, I'm. I know whose side I take, but it doesn't matter whose side. Who the hell am I? Yeah. Like honestly, what does it matter whose side it, it, I take? Someone <laughs> someone asked Neither me. one of them knows me or cares. Someone asked so, me. Uh, I want to know your opinion. Yes or no? Was Yazid legitimate? I said, how does it? Why does it matter? <laughs> right? What I think. That's a litmus test. Right? It's a litmus that test. That person just. Is there, you know what you should answer them? Yeah. I don't even know if you're legitimate. No. <laughs> <laughs> go ask. I mean, go like, ask your, you. <laughs> it's a total litmus test. I mean, thinking. Okay, so if I answered it correct, I don't know you. You don't know me, right? What difference is I, it? It's so irrelevant. I'll it's give unbelievable. You the best, I'm sorry, Nas. I'll give you the best example. I used to have an old car a long time ago when I first got married. And it had a dent on the door because somebody sideswiped me or whatever, right? And the car worked. The window went down. It was a dent. Yeah. I was, it was an older car. I never fixed it. And my wife, when we first got married, she was like, why don't you fix that? It's only a couple hundred dollars. Take yeah. somewhere. They'll buff it out, whatever. And I said, for what? <laughs> it's cosmetic. Yeah. Like... The only people, ninety nine percent of the people that see that dent are people who see me driving down the street, yeah. and I don't care what they think. <laughs> and then the people who see me with that dent and know me know that I don't care what they think yeah. about it. It's my car, <laughs> and I see the car from the inside. What do I care? I actually have a dent on the side of my door. Yeah, yeah and who cares? Yeah, like it's not yeah. right. And this is the this is the this is who we, the the Muslim Twitter or yeah. the Muslim social media intelligentsia or like thereof. We're the dead. Yeah. And the people who are actually making, doing effective things in their communities or on the broader scale, like Dr. Jackson, they don't care. They're not counting the, the retweets and likes on comments about articles about them. You want to hear something? Care. You want to hear something? I never really talk about these things, but this was actually pretty funny. Uh, uh, when I had said that, listen, an evolution, you cannot have parents for Adam. You cannot believe that. Right. And you cannot believe that he came out of something else. Right. Like, whatever you believe he, so either he was created yeah. and he was of clay at some point hardened clay it comes three times in the Quran right so he was created directly by Allah Ta'ala using mud yeah. and uh, water right and Allah fashioned him in a way we know who knows and, and what difference does it make to you he was fashioned okay uh, you don't even know how you know uh, you don't know a lot of things how the phone that you were used was fashioned <laughs> difference does it make to you okay he was fashioned by Allah that's right. all you need to know so, and he did not have any uh, one preceding him as a parent, and he did not grow out of something. Okay? That's all you need to know. So that's clear in the Quran. Now, that night people kept sending me messages. Oh, they are going on about you so badly. They're making <laughs> fun of you, right? They're saying you're limiting thought, right? It's not me, it's the Quran, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're limiting thought. You're this and that. I'm telling you, that night, I slept, I was like, you got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> so I never speak about these things, but I had a dream that night. Oh, okay. Wow. So in that dream that night, I, f I dreamt that there was uh, a lake, 
and there was some defecation, right, <laughs> next to the lake. And I'm removing the defecation, right? And I'm, sh- I'm removing it. And that there was a Muslim school some far back behind me with elementary kids. And the elementary kids are looking out the window and seeing me, like, removing poop. Like shoveling it away. <laughs> yeah. And they're laughing. Ah, he's removing poop. Right? Laughing yeah, at me. I get the symbolism. They're laughing at me. And I'm like, what can I do? Let me just make them laugh even more. Right? <laughs> so, okay. So, um, but that, t- when I woke up, I was like, sort of like, confirmed what I was feeling yeah. is that you got kids. They'll grow up. Uh-huh. They'll grow up and they'll realize that what they were saying was wrong. Right? And I'm not saying kids to belittle them. I'm saying we all went through phases. Yeah. I'm telling you, no one regrets has a list of regrets greater than me, right? Because I always try to learn and develop, which means that you're going to regret something in the past, sure. right? Yeah. So, and I've already said, and I'll always say it, I regret that I have some bad blood with other Muslims. I wish I didn't, right? But sometimes we had some clashes, but it's not something I'm happy about. I don't mind clashing with munafiqeen, traitors, heretics, uh, enemies of Islam. I'm happy about that, <laughs> right? I want that, right? But <laughs> I don't want to be in a bad blood with anyone who, who is upon, you know, what we know is normal, uh, Sunni normative, I guess that's the phrase, right? Normative. normative. Right? I, I, don't want, I can't believe I just said that. Let me go wash out my mouth. Because I don't like these academic words. Right? Ahl Sunnah. right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's one thing I regret. So you always regret stuff. So I'm not saying kids like you're belittling them. Tomorrow they'll be adults. They might no, be better than me. Inshallah, they're young because the, uh, wor- yeah. the 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 saddest, most depressing, and despicable thing is a, a, like an adult adult mm-hmm. still carrying on like this. Yeah, like that's some, true. A man, uh, uh, a Rajat, right? Someone yeah, over forty, an adult, and you're still like carrying on with these things. Being like just oh, yeah, come on. it must be unemployed or something. And, and and you know what? Something you mentioned about like forty year olds. There are forty year olds who have lives and jobs who have no idea about ninety five percent of the things that happen. Who are just regular masjid going? Uh, Most Muslims folks. don't know any of it. No, right, right, right. Most Muslims don't know any of it. I mean, there's sometimes I'm like, I think to myself, like, you know, I hope people listen to a couple episodes of us and then they just stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, like, go, go, go to the masjid. Go, actually, be somewhere. Stop listening to. No, come on, the, man. I'm trying to monetize. This. <laughs> stop, stop listening listen, to Safina. Check, stop listening check to this the out. boys in the cave. <laughs> the bad just go, go do some work. Listen, I, I listen to one. Quran. <laughs> the the uh, so so someone once said, said to me, "Hey, isn't this so toxic? How do you do this? Right? It's like constant toxicity and f- argumentation on the, the Twitter internet. stuff. Yeah. It's Twitter. It used to be Facebook. Facebook is still takes so long to load, right? <laughs> I, I, no, who goes? I, I shut my Facebook down years ago, and it's nothing happened. Yeah. I don't even think about it. And the reason is that if you if you, what I have a page, you have to have a page. Yeah, if you're like if you're doing an organization. So when I do my page. And I have to refresh to see what's going on. The refreshing process is so long. And the first half of the screen, they give you these boxes that have no value to you. Mm-hmm. Like what's your, what images you posted, what videos you posted in the past. And these boxes I don't read. You have to click up. By the time you click up, you have to wait even more. See, it's like, that's why the, the Facebook is dying out. I mean, the seriously. Co- the code is so overloaded with all these algorithms to, that's what to, it is. to promote the right ads. Algorithms to try to find keywords and try so mm-hmm. that they can know whether or not they have to cancel and ban you and deplatform yeah. you. And then, you know, first it has to get run through the NSA and then the CIA and then all <laughs> the other alphabet boys. Yeah. And then it goes to the private firms like Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. All before you can get up to your Facebook Exactly. Page, so, so 
So when I scroll, it takes so long that by the time I, I open that thing up, I'm going to open it up once or twice a day. The Twitter feed, though, it's like a constant. It's very quick. Yeah, right? Jack doesn't care. Jack Dorsey? Yeah. He doesn't care. He lets anything happen there. Yeah. It's it's so quick. It's like anything except Alex. The only thing that gets banned there is Alex, Alex Jones, Jones and Milo. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Farrakhan for a while, but then they yeah. brought him back and they gave him his blue check back. <laughs> so he's so, re-verified. So when, people, so when this guy asked me, I said, honestly, every time I click it off, alhamdulillah, it's a big nama to be busy in life, right? Mm. With real human beings. Like when I go to the masjid, how many people there even know that we have a podcast, right? <laughs> even in our message. <laughs> yeah. In our, in our, and I'm my happy. Friend, my friends don't listen, listen to this. Listen, yeah. I don't want them to. <laughs> I'm happy it's like that. Don't listen Because to you this. guys, when I walk in and none of you know what's going on on quote unquote MT, this whatever Muslim phrase. Twitter. Muslim yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Okay, that. So whenever, and they have no clue. It's refreshing to me. Mm-hmm. It deletes. Yeah. And then you go up, if you have a family, like your mother-in-law comes over. Do you think she has a 0.5% clue? No, Right. She brings home another or another zone, another set of things, and it totally wipes away. So that's why I'm able to go back refreshed for more toxicity, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me say quickly. Just, I was, I was on a. I'm gonna wear you guys down because I have a life. I'm coming back, and I will wear you guys down. Right? <laughs> Remember last week when when I was uh, I was out of town. Yeah. And you did that other podcast, yeah. Um, which I listened to is really good, by the way. Oh. So I, on the road trip, my wife goes, "Oh, this is good. We're going to be driving for like five hours, yeah. uh, four and a half hours. Let's let, I can listen to the first episode of the season." And yeah. I was like, "Come on, now we're we'll in the <laughs> car, know. man. I want to hear this." <laughs> <laughs> so I, the, the I was like, "Can't you like, listen to? Can we put Quran or something? Yeah, like know. anything? <laughs> put put the radio station on. I don't care." Muhammad Salim. <laughs> Muhammad Salim is the brother who put out a message. He said. Uh, he's a good guy. And he said, uh, he runs Emanwire. Mm, mm. He's a good guy. He, he said, we, we don't even know what's going on in our local community, right? That might be true for people who don't have a masjid, right? right. No, and by true. the way, uh, we got a masjid that, alhamdulillah, we can get along with people, right? Yeah. We're, actually, we're actually in the minority, believe yeah, it or not. There's no, there's no, like, yeah. there's no lawsuits. Yeah, there's no <laughs> lawsuits. There's also no like, um, uh, uh, like sort of hierarchy that really bothers you. Like, to me, if I went to an imam and he's given fatawa that I didn't agree with, I would combust. I couldn't mm-hmm. take it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've unfortunately developed to the point that I wouldn't be able to stand it, right? Mm-hmm. So someone giving nonsense fatawa and messing up in the job, right? So it's, we, it's sort of become a profession and you won't be able to tolerate. You'd have to quit. Right. So, but many, many people are educated and they go to masajid and they can't believe what's going on. They're so frustrated, they leave. Mm-hmm. And these people... Uh, it's very tough for them. They can't just go make another masjid because yeah. it'd be like you're dividing the community. So they're sort of not connected to any masjid life. I really feel I feel for them. May right? Allah protect what we have here because it's actually a real community. Yeah. I mean, like just today, I was late. I was uh, looking. I was engaging in some business, and I was with uh, Sammy's nephew. Mm-hmm. Which one? Uh, Sammy Kadavik's nephew, uh, and Mustafa. Oh, Mustafa Tehran. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, uh, Dr. Zaglou's wife came over to talk to my wife about the thing that we were that we were engaging in. So like, this is just the community, yeah. right? Like we see them outside and we interact with them and we do business with each other yeah. and uh, we we visit each other outside of. It's not just we see pe- people in the message and we go, "Hey, I remember that yeah. guy, Ahmed or Muhammad or somebody." Yeah, the like lines cross on so many different levels. Yeah, we try we try hard to do that. And I think it's just happened by itself. Really, it's from a lot. It's, it's organic. It's organic. Happened Nobody, by forced it. yeah. Nobody forced it. Nobody forced it. And honestly, we have to say that. Uh, 
the masjid was founded with a pure intention by Imam Zaid, right? So, and any every time I see Imam Zaid, anyone, I'm tell I'm telling you, I'm honest with you. Okay, people don't like that he how much he supports Hamza Yusuf because Sheikh Hamza has this the UAE thing. All right, that's your opinion, fine. But the man, if you have any will ill will towards the man, you are making a big mistake. This is one of the softest, kindest imams that you'll ever find. MashaAllah, he is. Okay, so say, say, oh, they want him to take a strong position. What are you talking about? That's, that's not the, the judgment of Allah Ta'ala. You're going to, on a person? Let's be honest. You can maybe, as the profession of imam, you don't like the way he's doing his job. Firstly, you don't even know Fatiha properly, right? <laughs> okay. You don't know Istinja, right? And like you're, you're Give me right now the Sunan of Ghusl. All of those people, quote unquote, canceling <laughs> Imam Zaid. Firstly, you got to be someone to cancel. You're not even someone, right? <laughs> like you're not someone of worth to cancel. <laughs> it's not like you're Netflix canceling a contract <laughs> that you're someone, right? By that your way, cancellation is is worth. Let me tell you right? something. That cancel thing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's goofy, and it's, and it's can you explain it's it so, to me? Oh, I'll explain. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. What, I'll, what I'll explain it? it to you very simply. It's literally, it's literally the blacklisting of the 1950s, except that it's not organized by the government, so it's disorganized. McCarthyism. It's a bunch of people going, how many retweets or how many likes or how many uh, thumbs up can I get on this? Saying we cancel that guy, but it's blacklisting. It's like you don't have the right ideas, so you're not allowed to participate. I, okay, in, but in I public is, life. It's I SJW medicalism. It's exactly it. Yeah, medicalism. You're off the, you're off the minute. Medicalism. Is the extreme of Salafism Sheikh from Basmul <laughs> <laughs> from Abu Salafi Talk Radio? Yeah, Salafi Talk Radio. Yeah, Abu. Rab- I have something to say about Salafis too. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Abu Rabi Al Madkhali is a man who said, "If you have all, he has such a narrow view of what is a Sunni, and if you're not a Sunni, you're canceled." By the way, I meet so many of his followers but, that are such nice people. Really? But yeah, okay. yeah not to each other. <laughs> Maybe they're nice to us because we're like not even Muslim. <laughs> I don't know, Allah Alam, right? But to, amongst yeah. each other, they're very strict. Yeah. But to like people like us, they're kind of like, hey, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> well, I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend from Texas, right? Named Abu Sudaiman, uh, Brandon, and he goes, uh, he goes, he t- he taught me about this because he knew about this stuff, and he says the medicalis what they do is is chain tabdia. So you're an innovator because, for example, <laughs> you would be That's an so inno- yeah you would be an innovator by association. That's the like, original blockchain. Yeah, blockchain. <laughs> block you through that chain. <laughs> you do one thing, like you quote Sayyid Qutb, innovator. Okay. Well, you quoted the person who quoted Sayyid Qutb. You're an innovator. Okay. You didn't make takfir tabdia. You didn't accuse. You didn't claim innovation upon the person who quoted the person who quoted Sayyid Qutb. You're an innovator, yeah, right? So it ended up, everyone's an innovator. Sounds okay? like the subcontinent. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like you you having canceled Kevin Hart. Yeah. Forget that. You didn't cancel the guy that didn't cancel Kevin Hart? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you didn't cancel the entire city of Philadelphia because they didn't cancel yeah. Kevin Hart? And the TV station. You're that's So who, wh- who, what did Kevin Hart do, by the way? He made a joke about if his son was gay, he would have a negative reaction. Oh, okay. Oh, it's terrible. And it was t- like ten years ago, and it's joking among friends, but it was yeah. public. He said he did. He said something like, "If my son 
was like acting gay, yeah. I'd, buy, I'd, I'd like get a dollhouse and, and hit a yeah. dollhouse. A dollhouse, yeah. yeah. He was like, here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, anyone who ever has to succumb to that crowd, right, you're in trouble. You're just going to get canceled but, at some point or huh, another. Before you're we move completely on. completely going to cancel. Because hopefully everybody's very engaged now. Can we get a dot for Karim's daughter? Mashallah. And let's get it okay, so inshallah. What's that? It's getting worldwide. Yes, a worldwide dua for like this beautiful, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> to this. By the way, uh, this is an amazing story. By the way, firstly, that um, uh, this sister Alicia came into the community, alhamdulillah, in a in a manner that she was always so uh, uh, like from day one. From day one, right? And she married Karim Rifai, who's from Nigeria. Is Egyptian name? Very Egyptian name. Yeah, but super <laughs> so, so the baby, yeah, the baby is now Hadia Aduni Yamisi Ava Rafai. Because in Nigeria, okay, uh, I think it's like the immediate relatives all get to choose a name, and you add them all up. Mashallah. Because Dikembe Matumbo has like nine names, yeah. right? I saw that, uh, and it's an African heritage that each relative gets to choose a name. So I'm guessing that's what's happened. So she has a beautiful name, Had. Hadia Adunia Misi Ava Rufai, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make her from the ulama and the salihin. Okay, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make her a qurratain for her parents and a, a righteous daughter. And may Allah make sure that her, give her a astaghfirullah, make sure. May Allah ta'ala give her a spouse who is also equally righteous and give them grandkids who will please them in this life and the next. Uh, and, and with the same spirit of their parents so that this masjid will, in this community will continue to function at a high level. Yes, inshallah, bi'idhnillah ta'ala. Because uh, Alicia, is, she is the convert coordinator. Yeah. And she had to step down, and Thomas is now the convert coordinator. So they come. Tom. Yeah. Shout out to Tom. <laughs> so so while, while we're on that, I'd like yeah. to do one more shout out. So what is <laughs> we have a, another brother. His name is Hamza Aziz. Uh, Hamza Aziz is a great brother from mashallah, Toronto. Mashallah, yeah. So he he actually gave me uh, some fruit, some mangoes to bring to Dr. Shadi. Oh, mashallah. Uh, but I wasn't able to bring them across the border. Allah so, uh, Come on, oh, man. Really? They were you from, can't trust the Indian so, with mangoes, bro. So they, were, they, were, they were Pakistani mangoes. They were yeah. like very famous. Uh, they didn't make Pakistani it. I get it. They didn't make it. So. Uh, 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 I just wanted to, you know, may Allah increase uh, Hamza Aziz. I mean, very Amen. beautiful brother. Uh, and let me say a couple things too. Who, you want, who, you want to say who has the like uh, Portuguese named mangoes? Which one is it? Which is one the is Indians that? or the Egyptians? Alfon, like Alfonso, Alfonso, yeah. Alfonso, the Alfonso's. Yeah. I think it's Alfonso South, Alfonso South American, right? Is that Mexican? I thought I thought those were the ones that were either in Egypt or in. Uh, in my Pakistan has like um, what are they called? I should. I'm not Pakistani, but I don't know. I think they're called. Uh, well, the, the Nigerians do know how the big green mangoes. Yeah. Big green mangoes, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I was uh, going Sorry. back to the cancel thing. So, yeah. um, one, I think this is ridiculous. But don't you, like, at least like the madkalism thing, yeah. they have like a list, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like Of the, principles. Yeah, you have, well, they actually had like a physical list of like oh, people. Oh, the people, yeah. Of the people yeah. who, were, who were like on the blacklist. Yeah. It's a like, not a list. When it came to like McCarthyism, there was still like you're canceled for some. How does that work in the Muslim world? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, you canceled the like, sheikh? Like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what cancellation is like, to okay, me. Okay, let's say they cancel the Safina podcast. Who is they? Yeah. Right. Like, Listen. this isn't the government. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like okay, some random like dude. Right. Which is why I said like, you got to be someone to cancel. Like, right. <laughs> some random dude. Yeah. Like, listen, it's irrelevant. Listening to us in his mom's well, basement, and he's like, "Oh, I don't like this. I'm gonna cancel you." Cool, bro. Don't <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> okay. Listen. <laughs> okay. I mean, so this is the the, uh, the thing that I showed Dr. Shadi earlier. I'm gonna read the whole thing. It said somebody, <laughs> <laughs> some some dude on Twitter was like. Hamza Yusuf has really dug his fanboys into a hole this time, and there's no getting out. 
And I was like, bruh, tw- Twitter comments are of no consequence in real. Like, what are you talking? What hole? Yeah. <laughs> with, with who, you? You're not even, it's not even your real name and you have a picture of, of Imam Shimon. Like, who are you? Nobody cares. I'll, I'll tell you the only value of this cancellation. When, if, if you're taking theology from a person and he turns out that he went crazy, right? Uh-huh. He turned into some sect or something, right? You, you, you stop listening. That's it, right? That's the only value that this, this thing has in our lives, right? But that's the only yeah, value. That's it's it. It's irrelevant. So, but yeah, anybody else is right. Like, yeah, it's your sheikh and you can't take... Yeah, obviously. Or somebody, somebody's it. openly... Com- like, Look, I, here's one thing, though. But this stuff is like just yeah. silly. One thing I do want to throw, and this is kind of the, the opposite of what we've been saying half, the last half hour, is does that mean that you know you shouldn't say anything or be quiet when you know uh, there is legitimate oppression right I mean I think that's no nah, man you should say the, it, yeah. the, uh, and is it okay for oh, raising awareness is, is legitimate man but oppression and those who help the oppressor yeah and Hassan al-Basri listen to this though Hassan al-Basri a man came to him and he said, said who prays with him in the masjid all the time in Basra and he said to him yeah imam um, I make the thobe for Hajjaj ibn Yusuf but I don't support him he said by making his thobe your supporter any yeah. inch of support to that Valim who's, who's uh, killed people in public it's the, the guards that were that, the guard that was watching over Imam Ahmed when yeah. he was incarcerated yeah. and he said uh, he, he was a Muslim though so he, he, and a believer so he said yeah Imam um, am I considered like uh, one who assists the oppressor yeah. Imam Ahmed famously said no the one who cuts your hair and sold your clothes is assisting the oppressor. Wow. You are the oppressor. Oh, oh man. Oh, and he's not the Khalifa, but he works directly for him. So. And that's why Fir'aun, Wahaman, Wajunuduhuma. Right. Right? Pharaoh, Haman, and all of their supporters, their soldiers. So, uh, but are we going to start making a chain reaction type of thing? A chain tabdia? All right. So you're an oppressor. You're a supporter of an oppressor. You looked at a supporter. Okay. What, do we have to have some. I mean. So we. You know what ends. Up, you know what that ends up at. Yeah. That ends up in everyone who lives in Western lands and pays taxes there or doesn't actively uh, oppose their government are fair targets for suicide. Which bombers. is Zawahiri's fatwa. <laughs> so ridiculous. Bin Laden, Bin Laden uh, and Zawahiri's fatwa. So, but to make it clear, yeah. I feel that uh, any ruler who has a black. You know, has or has a, has blood on their hands, or has you know has done wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much similar to intoxicants. It's very much similar to illicit gender interactions. Stay as far away as possible. Yeah. You come close to it, you will mess yourself up. Right? Yeah. Like if you talk talk in any way, shape, or form inappropriately to, or even close to inappropriately to another sister, you're gonna have a problem in your household. Right. Your wife is not going to be happy, right? And you should be happy that because that's what protects marriages. Ghira protects marriages, mm-hmm. right? So I have no problem not making fun of it. I yeah. think it's a good thing. I mean, talk to her, talk to the sister's father. Yeah, and then your wife might have a problem with that too. But if at listen, least you're <laughs> if you if you're talking, <laughs> you're talking for some legitimate purpose, right? There's nothing that needs to be private between you and some other random sister. No. If it's a work sister, put another colleague on, right? Yeah. If it is a um, community member who has a question, for example, my wife, all and not only my wife, many of my colleagues at Safina Society, all my pages are open. Uh-huh. All the messages. If someone sends me a message, right? You, you say something? If, say, if anyone sends me a message, they don't read it, but they could, right? Yeah. And my wife can, 
because that's the way to avoid any type of funny business. Because you I, cannot have. There's a popular thing about like guys not leaving their phones around because yeah. their wives are. Yeah, I mean, my, I, wife, I, my phone is not locked, and my wife. Yeah. My wife was was thinking about uh, traveling with her family, and I was like, "Oh, my phone is international." Yeah. We'll switch phones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there should be Same no thing. issue. Same thing. Intoxicants. Don't even come near it. Don't come near it. Right? Because it's it's attractive. It's nice, right? It's addictive. Wait, not even if it's legalized? <laughs> <laughs> See, but, so but power. That, yeah. Power is no different. But yeah. is that is that clarification that people are looking for? And I've I've listened to all of you guys for the past uh, thirty minutes or so, uh, even more. And yes, regular people we can't do anything about it that's obvious uh-huh. right and whatever we say on twitter doesn't matter right but you know I dr mean, shadi you yourself and other people they're in in a position of power where they know those people right and the question is i mean you mentioned imam ahmed uh, imam ahmed has a hadith in his musnad he says at the process says you will have rulers over you but do not aid them in their injustice mm-hmm. or believe their lies and yeah, whoever aids them in their injustice or believes their lies will not reach me at the fountain on the day of judgment. Right. right. So right. I mean this is it's a It's so important. Thing. It is so yeah. c- it's it's worse than khamr. Yeah. It's worse than zina. Okay? Stay away completely. I'm telling you if I found someone any anyone who's doing any type of abuse to others, let alone a, these rulers cuz their abuse is huge, right? Mm. Right? Why would you come near it? But if if somebody does, if somebody that's that you've respected, that's led the community it seems as if they're assisting other people. Not, we're not saying that they are, right? Because they've made themselves very clear. They've talked about their intention, that they're trying to reduce harm, so mm-hmm. on and so forth, right? As certain, uh, some of these people that are working with the UAE and so on and so forth, right? But if they're not clear about it, and it Like seems, to everyone? Huh? See, well, that's, not to, not to I everyone, think that that's not necessary, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. And I'm not making excuses for anyone. And Anybody that actually knows me in real life Knows that I take issue with the unnamed, redacted name that were t- that were <laughs> <laughs> the, the person the the elephant in the room that we're not just not naming right. Yeah. I, I take issue, and in fact, my issue on that started on like September twelfth or thirteenth, whenever that big uh, press conference was uh, that or the speech mm. that the yeah. president gave, right? So I from that day, and my f- I have friends that still make fun of me, and they're like, "Remember when you said about so and so?" It is what it is, right? Mm. So I'm I'm honest about that, but yeah. also we have to know we have to parse the wording of that hadith, right? right. A system in their oppression, exactly, and believe their lies, mm. and just because right. you're meeting with them and they might be using that meeting as a prop, and is are you is is are you actually assisting them? Allah alam, right? And as far as like, well, be clear and say you're not. If you're if you're actually working a plan, and I give people the benefit of the doubt, especially people that have benefited me and thousands of others, give people the benefit of the doubt. If you're working a plan, you can't be working that guy while also simultaneously going on. I make sure that all the Muslims online see this. Yeah. Hustling that dude. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm, trying, yeah. I'm not out here trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Like, come I mean, on, bro. sure, sure. Yeah. You don't come have on. to. You don't, you don't have don't to owe explain. Me an explanation. You do not owe the internet an explanation. I totally get that. Uh, let's let's not even talk about this individual, right? Let's look at Egypt, right? When Morsi was in power, there were certain people. There was demonstration all over the country. Was he though? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. The deep state was was in power. I mean, yeah. Whatever the case, when he was in power, the uh, very senior, very famous people. I'm not going to mention their li- names. They're not from the U.S. They're in Egypt. They weren't talking about obedience to the ruler. 
True. Right? They, they Very talk- good point. They weren't talking about, you Great know, point. you can't do khuruj. They immediately sided with Sisi. Yeah. Right? And, and You're totally is, right. Now, here's the thing. Fine, fine. Maybe you think Morsi is doing a lot of harm. And I'm, not, you I'm not uncritical, by the way. No, no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, what's the ethic here, right? Yeah. The, so, let's say these shuyukh, okay, fine. They think that Morsi is doing a bad job, so they side with the, the coup. Fine. Okay? But then, some of them go on TV, and they give fatawa that it's go out and kill the Rabah protesters. Kill these people like dogs and so on. Yeah, so yeah. my question yeah. is, at what level can you say, look, you're just, you're not making any sense? Yeah, man, no, right? I don't support it, by the way. I th- yeah, what yeah, level yeah. can you cancel certain people? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, but what it, this is, that's where it is, right? <laughs> right. At what level, do, it, do it all day. Here's what, here's what I know for sure, right? Say that uh, some imam, big mufti type dude goes and says, CC is the greatest president that ever lived. He's 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 like he's the sixth uh, of the righteous guy, Khalif. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, right? He when he made, took a picture on 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 Hajj, making dua with his back to the Kaaba, he was because he <laughs> just wanted to bless us with his glowing countenance, <laughs> right? Whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever stupidity they say, I can go. That Sheikh is wrong. He's an oppressor. He's a muptadi. He might even be a munafik, and he's probably getting paid. And uh-huh. he he did it, and then. He walked right around the corner and was like, thanks. And walked out with a bag that had dollar signs yeah. on it. The whole bit, right? You know what that accounts for? Zero. Yeah. So what if I feel that way? It's but, <laughs> but, who the hell am I? But, but there, there is a point, though, in yeah. if, you, if you're setting an example for someone. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So if people are watching you. Let's say you had a brother, younger brother. Yeah. He's watching yeah. your reaction. It, the, the value is for that. I mean, I tell him. That's the real value. I'll grab I'll pull him aside yeah. and I'll go. That, that's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so no, the point, is, the reason I bring it up is because when we have uh, stuff like this happening, right? Like when your when your uh, family members or so on and so forth are killed in Syria or Egypt and so on and so forth, and people that you admire, I'm not talking about people in the U.S., right? I'm talking about other people. People that you admire are supporting these killings and in fact calling them dogs. And I'm, whereas these people are Muslim. Yeah. So w- what does that do to your idea of religion? Like these people are the senior ulama or so on to, and so forth. To me, oh, and man, these, you got to separate that. I'm right? sorry. Yeah. And, and this is no, why right. I bring it up, right? That we need to separate uh, individuals from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. So, you, well, people make mistakes and ulama are human beings and they're going to make mistakes and sins and major sins. And ulama can make major sense. If Awliya can make major sense, right? If all of the ulama said what I just said with, about Sisi. All yeah. of them. There was ijma of the living t- scholars yeah. of today. I'd be like, well, I mean, these guys are human beings. I still believe they're wrong. His messenger, yeah. and this re- this doesn't change my religion. Yeah, I'm sure there's a local imam somewhere who's gonna be like, uh, oh, la la la. So the so so I'll just pray in his message. Yeah. And they're wrong. I'm not taking my religion from them. I'm going to warn, you know, that this is a bad example, right? And I'm going to kick and uh, fuss and make a fuss about it so that the next generation, at least, doesn't do the same thing. And by the way, all these incidents, the next generation of imams, none of them are going to be, be stooges because this thing has just gotten so big, right? The lesson has been learned. No one's going down this route anymore. And if you do, if you go down this route, there's something in your head because look at the reaction and not just a bunch of soas kids <laughs> Muslim is not a soas kid <laughs> this is a smart pious muslim guy right <laughs> any anyone 
you go ask anyone in the masjid. <laughs> I don't want any part of this stuff, right? So it's, it's, it's gotten out there. Okay, they did that. Trial and error, maybe. Whatever you want to call it. It blew up. No one's going to do this again, right? I mean, a, a lot of things are trial and error, and a lot of things are judgment calls, and a lot of things happen so slowly without you realizing. Like, five, eight, nine years ago, no one really looked at the UAE as the, as the mastermind of the Arab winter, they call it, right? <laughs> no, no one viewed it like that. So, nine, ten years ago, relationship with the UAE, not on, on the radar. Yeah. It doesn't move the needle, yeah. right? Then it changed. The guy changed, or the guy grew into his position as the leader, right? Mohammed bin Zayed, he grew into it, whatever, and he started now coming on the radar. Now he's organizing coups and counter coups, right? And now he's putting people, he's putting in Hifdar, he's putting in Sudan, he's putting I mean, in Sisi. We didn't know this. This is something that developed, so people were already caught up with him, right? I mean, he's, he's doing, you know what he's doing? He's doing what all politicians have ever done. In that region, just be successful at it, though. Yeah, right? he's competing. He's competing with MBS. Yeah, right. Like they're on. The, they're. It's it's really a race between the two, right? Who's going to control the Gulf? Who's going to control the Haramain? And who's going to be the most successful? Which is why MBS is like, brah, come Disney, come through. Yeah, we're going to set up some deals with Israel in the north to run like the, you know that that, that uh, city, whatever it is, KSA third twenty thirty. Yeah, future vision twenty thirty. He's just trying to be more like the UAE because he knows that things are drying That's up in the oil, literally, yeah. and <laughs> and figuratively. And he just wants he's like, yo, these guys have a good model, and they're also as impressive as we are. So, so but so this idea, uh, so there's really two points here, and I'll get to more in a second. But uh, the first point is that, yeah, there is a type of uh, reaction that's almost sort of we said is sort of more of a uh, secular almost. Reaction to the thing, but there's also a legitimate reaction to the thing. The legitimate one uh, is what I said: is like there's gonna be some, you know, uh, Quran and Hadith in the critique, mm-hmm. and that's what many people were talking. Muslim Matters published a piece on this, right? It's like sometimes you're seeing now a lot of critiques is completely secular, right? Yeah. Right? How about where? What about these from the Islamic perspective? And I'm telling you, from the Islamic perspective, this the position of caution when it comes to imams. And rulers is gonna become the norm. It's gonna, it's got to become the norm. How about after Noman? You don't think it's gonna become the norm? You know why? Because the it, it, the the, cent, the center of this, yeah. Allah Alam Sheikh, but the center of this is the Gulf, right? Yeah. And the entire history of KSA is collusion yeah. between vile, disgusting rulers and sheikhs that are being harsh with the people, but easy on the rulers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to this day, I mean, it's become like they're like a families now, right? So you have Al Sheikh, Al Sheikh yeah. is the the, the and then right. the other side it's a Saud family. Like yeah. it's like these two powerful. No, families. but I'm saying these Western imams who are from this another part they're of the they're getting world, in on it, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe you're, you might be right. That'd be unfortunate, right? Some legacies. That'd be unfortunate. But just like when no, Man Ali Khan's uh, fitna happens, right? What was the first thing that everyone did? Let's re-look at our policies relating to gender, right? Mm-hmm. So that nothing close comes to it, right? Yeah, because that's just something close, by the way. I don't know what happened there, but... Yeah. I don't, well, but let's just forget the, forget the <laughs> yeah, actual thing. That was it, the actual close thing. It was an explosion, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people took a lesson from that. Likewise, if some fitna happens with some sheikh that his financial dealings are shady, all of us, and he gets like he goes to jail on IRS uh, charges or whatever. The next thing that's going to happen is every organization is going to go and say, "Let's not make the same mistake." So, 
in the progression of any industry, there are people who step on mines, mm-hmm. right? And the next generation benefits from this right, by right. saying, let's not step on that mine, right? Let's yeah. put a huge circle, a red circle around that mine right. and not even come up 10 miles from it. So that's what I feel is the, the silver lining on this whole thing, right? Yeah. And if people don't take heed, you know, we don't, we, and if history repeats itself, then we're stupid. And the only reason I said that, I don't know if that's going to work, yeah. is because this is that, that, that landmine was already outlined for us before it ever happened mm. by the Prophet. But people don't take heat until they see it explode. Yeah. That's, and that's that's what it is. Yeah, you're right. It's like it's like you circle the landmine, but the marking gets stepped on and then by so many people over the years. You, you know, forget it's there. There's there's the other side of it. Like, say you have a ruler who's like legit. Seems yeah. like a legit guy. And no ruler's perfect. That's why he's a politician, mm-hmm. right? He's a guy who's like, I can do this better than everybody. Yeah. So already capable and stuff. But whatever. So, but he's decent. Yeah. A decent ruler. Somebody that you want all that around him. You do. You want good ulama around him. Totally. The kind that will advise. And he probably, if he's a decent ruler, he wants that. Yeah. So, I mean, and what are we supposed to do with that? Now, here's the thing. You, you, you want them around. Your slippery slopes always happen. Let's say, okay, we all learned a lesson. And then 15 years later, 30, 40, 50 years later, we got a great ruler. Right? I wouldn't have a problem going to talk to him. Right? By the way, 40, 40 excuse, 70 excuses, right? Suppose that upper level all man in the region got the word that listen Hillary Clinton's taking Morsi out right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Morsi's out that's not a yeah. myth <laughs> I, I didn't say it was but no I'm saying that they knew about it right so say senior level all man in that region that interact and come there and come and go from there or live there we're told this guy's out this is not gonna don't go around saying it on TV because we'll kill your, your children mm-hmm. right and that's not that's not an exaggeration of how this works we'll torture your children and then kill them don't go around. But I'm telling you right now, don't side with this dude because mm-hmm. it's going to be the most that you can do. Stay in your lane. Don't say anything. When the new guy, when we install the next guy, be nice to him. Otherwise, we'll just ban your religion completely. Bro, so that's why Aloha, right? sometimes, that's excuses. sometimes being a public scholar is a big problem. It's a big fit. I, I would never I would never want it for myself and my descendants yeah. because yeah, it's, a no, it's a no win. Yeah. It's a no win, yeah. and you gotta hope that you're playing a high, a high enough level of chess that on the day of judgment, your moves are not uh, are forgiven. Yeah, you have to make to- you have to be prepared for toba and hope for mercy because your you moves will make a mistake. You will make yeah. mistakes. You'll make mistakes because the pressure is serious. And the thing is that why I always felt that the the safest place, the best place to be a Muslim is a just country. That the Muslims are an insignificant minority, mm-hmm. right? Not significant minority to to shake up anything, right? So that even if you have a little following on the monks the Muslims, your Nobody following cares. is insignificant. The ruler doesn't care about your following because then the in the Muslim countries, the sheikh has got like millions of people listen to him, right? Yeah. Some of these popular mashayikh. So the rulers really care about them. The Anas ibn Malik. Yeah. Anas ibn Malik had no followers, right? And he was able to talk to the rulers and talk to people without necessarily having crowds, right? So, uh, yes, I know that the ruling is that to live with Muslims, right? And I actually wrote down... I mean, we live with Muslims here. Yeah, we live with Muslims. Alhamdulillah for that. Imam Malik, uh, he said that uh, in the Sharh al-Kabir, uh, Malik hated even going to the lands of pagans to trade, mm-hmm. let alone living Muslims. And he said that, number one, you might not be safe from falling into sinful 
contracts, agreements, or laws. That's number one, right? <laughs> number two. For sure, America. It, he said, it's not honorable. Uh-huh. And I tell him, I, it, it isn't honorable, right? When you're like saying, when you're, what you believe the whole world, the society's against, it's not an honorable thing. It's like, yeah. I'm like um, uh, humbled here, right? I can't express myself. Well, that's a lot of Muslim countries now. Yeah, I know. And third, it results in a slow erosion in care for the deen. Yeah. Because Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. because when the whole society doesn't care about like salah or hijab or rules of riba or touching or whatever, then you slowly will not care about it either. So that's why Imam Malik didn't really didn't like uh, people going to those lands, let alone living in those lands. Now I asked some scholars, what is our rule on the lands where we're able to live? Right? They said, well, it's there's no classical position on it because there's no such thing in the past. Yeah. Right? But it is a reality. Whether we like it or not, this is the reality. Probably 100 million Muslims live in uh, uh, English-speaking countries, or yeah. the Western world and Australia. I mean, right. the trader, the people who did trade, the people yeah. who did trade, at least they were... I mean, a lot of Islam spread that way. A lot, yeah. a lot of the, the deen spread in, in a lot of ways because of those people. Yeah. But and so you know, there, there's the safe position, and then there's... It's, uh, Imam, Imam Malik's position was for himself. And in the wise position, but it's not a fatwa, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, because he said, I hate it. Yeah. He said, he didn't, you make it a hukum. So, and sometimes w- they say that when Maddox says, I hate, it means that he considers it haram, but he didn't have the the airtight evidence. Right. right? So, you have something to say, more? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> since we're getting to almost two hours here. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I wanted to bring back that, that we talked about earlier is this idea of poking the bear in Imam Hussein, right? Yeah. That that was an important thing that happened and, and speaking out against oppression in the right way mm-hmm. is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, putting people down because of that is also not the right attitude. Putting who down? Putting people who speak out against oppression down is not the right attitude. And, yeah, I, th- sure. and I think you have if those people those who do well. it correctly for sure. Right. And, and you have that as well. So I think, I think like Alex mentioned earlier, life isn't black and white, right? Uh, it, it's very gray and especially these situations are very gray. Uh, and, and I think one thing that people tend to do often, right? Is the things that are meant to be black and white, they don't make them black and white. And the things that are meant to be gray, they don't make them gray. Right, and and it's almost a flip, right? When when we take people's character, like right? gender, <laughs> right? Like for example, take people's character. <laughs> it's been a while, it's been a long time. Like take people's character, right? Yeah. Uh, it is oftentimes very gray, right? Mm. It, it, there, there's a there's not everyone is black and white, but when it comes to elements of of, of action, right? Uh, mm. When it comes to dean, when it comes to things that are supposed to be correct and incorrect, those can be black and white. Mm. Right. So, for example, a, a someone who makes a political decision, the decision itself can be black and white. Mm-hmm. The character of the person can be gray. Right. And, and that's, I think, something that, you know, is is very clear when you look at history, when you look at, you know, uh, current mm-hmm. situations. People take actions that happen and immediately, oh, you're canceled. Oh, you're this. Yeah. Oh, you're that. I mean, that and, and, and you you almost get the flip. Right. Whereas Islam says look at the person's character, right? And, and understand that there are shades of gray and, and not everything is, is black and white. Right? Even bad people have good. Absolutely. But, and even b- good people have... But I, I'll, this will be my closer. 
since we're talking about rulers, just to talk about our our current uh, our current Emir, uh, number forty-five, <laughs> Don- Donald J. Trump. Yeah. This guy's great, man. <laughs> <laughs> so he just let's fired. Just, let's just end there. He just yeah. fired John Bolton, yeah. right? who's a warmonger, who's a neocon, who's one of the most despicable human beings ever to be in public office. And if you don't know who John Bolton is, look him up. He served under Bush as uh, as ambassador to the UN. This is a guy who's never seen a country he didn't want to blow up, murder, and invade, right? Trump may not have even heard of him before he took yeah. office, <laughs> but apparently he got some and he hired this guy, yeah. right? And then as soon as he got to know him, he spent every other moment of his president of his term serving on the Trump clowning him oh like God. they would be in meetings and somebody would mention someplace and he'd go. Is that one of the places you want to nuke? <laughs> 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 and there's even even somebody, you know, some insider. Like, somebody said that the, that he uh, met with like the ambassador of Ireland was yeah. in the White House. And it's like, you know, Trump walks in and they go, Mr. President to you, uh, you know, Patrick O'Malley, ambassador yeah. from Ireland. That's very racist. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick O'Malley, ambassador from, from uh, Ireland. And he, you know, shakes his hand, welcome, pulls him in. You know, he does the Trump handshake where he grabs yeah. you, he pulls you, <laughs> tries to dominate. And then he glances over his shoulder and he goes, well, is, is this guy one of the countries you want to invade? <laughs> 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 and then he fired him. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I always, the thing is, is that. Oh, it's like working at a small company and your boss <laughs> has all the jokes and he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is that the only negative is that he actually it's reality but the, that he actually impacts, impacts reality but as a comedy mind I mean the guy is such a major league troll now the funny thing is that his if you go to Donald J. Trump and you type in a wrong sub code after the ha- after the slash you get the error page for his uh-huh. you know what his error page is what? it says this page does not exist and it's Hillary Clinton at a White House podium <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the guy's you. a mastermind, I'm man. You. So, but you, you, what you were saying is very important, and I'm telling you, when when you need to take action, opinions about a matter can be gray. Mm-hmm. There could be a lot of gray. However, when you need to take action, action is a yes or a no. You got to either move or you don't, right? Yeah. So, so your personal policy will eventually become a black and white. So you end up needing to make a personal policy, right, or an organizational policy. Right. Or a fiqhi policy. That's what the dominant opinion is usually based upon that. Right. So I would have to say that this, the best personal policy for an imam, at least for myself, let me I'm not, let's say someone who has to work as an imam. Right. Uh, is to make a big fat line around certain things. Don't even come near it. It'll, it just ruins. It ruins everything. So uh, these engagements, it's just it'll just ruin everything. Yeah. Right. So someone's got to do it, but not me. I'm not doing it. I'm not touching it, right? And I would hope that my circle, you know, doesn't touch. Don't even touch it, right? So it's just like if there's a problematic family down the road and like in a neighborhood and they come out without their clothes, their dog doesn't have a leash, you know, like we had a family that the dog doesn't have a leash. German Shepherd, no leash. That's crazy, right? So what is a safe thing to do? To To take the bike route down that road and just get scared and no. Skip the road completely. That yeah. road is off limits. The yeah. whole road is off limits, right? right the whole right, cul-de-sac right. is off limits. So as a, when you need to take action, you do need to take black and white. It's just important to couch that and say, as Imam Matic used to say, I hate this, right? Yeah. Or I do like this, or I wish this. It's because there's, you can't make an airtight ruling, right. but you do need an action. So I would say for, for you know, our organization, 
that's going to be our thing. You're not going to engage in any of these types of things. That seems the safest position. I'm not saying that it's the only thing. Oh, well, if someone's an oppressor, then that's completely hot on, right? Yeah. No, but no government yeah. contracts, man. We're not yeah, doing this. No government rich. contracts, <laughs> government contracts. Like, why even go on the same, on the field to begin with? Like, think about this. Like, uh, you're a fiqh teacher. You're a mudhakir. You remind people of Allah. I mean, it's always the same. And, and I'm and I don't mean this like it's always the same story. Yeah. It's always the same. I think uh, intention, mm-hmm. legitimate. It's if I don't do it, they're gonna grab some guy who doesn't care about the Muslims, yeah. and he's gonna join up. At least I can try to, you know. See. Allah. That's true, but you know what? In, in as a not as a moral thing, but as a professional thing in action, what I really love is someone who specifies their actions, right, mm. and their goals. No, you can't do it in that field. You can't do it this in that. This is field. why I said anybody who takes a position in a government agency or something like that. Yeah, you're no, you're you might be an incredibly knowledgeable faqih and yeah. a scholar but you're not an islamic scholar anymore now you're yes. a politician you're a politician Thank because you. you can't do both you can't do both yeah. you can't so do both. that's why i just had a real quick question before we move on to naz's last point um tunisia yeah did they ever rebel against anybody tunisia like at, at is there even a history book on tunisia <laughs> <laughs> we, gotta, we need, <laughs> we, need, we, need tunisia. we need we need a son of saad uh, uh, yeah, where is Son of Saad? I mean, who, because who, who the heck knows anything like, about Tunisia? <laughs> oh, they, I had, they, had, they had Carthage, right? They weren't under yeah. the Ottomans, right? No, they weren't. Yeah. They were on... What were they? They were... Um, uh, so, North Africa revolted and then just stayed... Uh, revolted broken. against who? The, the, uh, the Abbasid. Abbas- 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 well, that was probably but, right. Okay, so Morocco... <laughs> <laughs> we know about Morocco. Uh, the, yeah, what was Tunisia? I think it's the same. I think it was the same thing. There was no boundary called Tunisia. It was Al-Maghrib. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask is because they, they did okay. They succeeded in their in their uh, they were the first one and they and they had Telfik in that. Yeah. Everybody else had tried it rebelled against the Ottomans a hundred years ago yeah. and has had like nothing but problems since problems ever yeah. since. Yeah. And it's not the fault of the people on the ground. That's true. But that leadership it's it's every single cycle gets worse, by yeah, the way. It is. Like you left the Ottomans, yeah. you sided with the British and the French mm-hmm. who bamboozled you. Mm-hmm. I used it as a verb the other day, peak cycling. Yeah, <laughs> pico psycho. Yeah, Sykes picoing. Yeah, Sykes picoing. You got Sykes picoed. Totally, right? Yeah. Totally. And ever since then, every time you've overthrown one of you guys, whether successful or not, it gets worse. Yeah, right. And one of the sheikhs that I really, that is genuine, and I really do listen to, and I would never have any any critiques like this of, he said, uh, years ago, twenty plus years ago, why don't we rebel against? Why don't we try to overthrow all these you know corrupt and evil leaders? We're not, we'll get crushed. The people will get crushed and you'll, they'll be murdered and the women will be raped and driven into prostitution and the children will be homeless and won't be educated. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. And even if we succeed, the very next day, the intelligence agencies will raid us and put in whoever they want. Yeah. Right? Which is exactly what happened in Egypt. Yeah. So either you're going to get crushed and destroyed or you might succeed with Allah's tough. And then the intelligence agencies come in and they're going to knock it out and they're going to put in one of their puppets who's going to be yeah. more oppressive. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not criticizing the people who are facing oppression and they don't know what to do except lash out. Yeah. Oh, that, may Allah protect them and forgive them if they make any mistakes. But on the bigger scale, come on, man. You, got, yeah. you can't be naive. It's not, you're not going to win. Yeah. I don't care how many Hizbut Tabrir books you read. <laughs> and this is, this is a brilliant point. And I want to um, look back to the comment I made about Muawiyah. What he had was a practical political genius. Mm-hmm. right? And Omar had this too. Right? Yeah, Practical political genius. Well, Ibn Abbas and said that uh, Abu Bakr and Omar were more pious, but Muawiyah was more poli- uh, uh, political. Yeah. 
and, politically. And, yeah. and because he SCS. spent time in uh, Syria, he saw how things were run. And the point I was trying to make when I made that comment was, if okay, if you're doing tahajjud, mashallah, you're a scholar, you're an amazing person, right? In character, you're an amazing person. Yeah. As soon as you enter the political arena, that's another science, it's another right? Thing, yeah. It's a it's the science of Machiavellian, exactly. Machiavellian uh, do's and don'ts, and warming your way to achieve your ends. And this is why um, a lot of the Muslim movements that you see in the world today, they've all failed because not because they weren't maybe on the haq, not because they were Salafi or this and that. But because they lack that political acumen to understand that, wait a minute, we don't actually own Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. America owns Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when you get into power, you don't suddenly say, oh, we're going to implement the Sharia and then alienate all your allies, right? Yeah. This is what happened with, um, anyway, I won't mention that. Oh, but, but the point, he, the, by the way, yeah. Allah, sincere, honest, yeah. good guy, re- religious, and all that kind of yeah. stuff, lack the political acumen to, know, to not even know that you don't run the first year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and yeah. and th- this is and and the thing is that we can't just say oh because this person lost this person Allah SWT is against. No, this is a completely different science. You don't say for example, you mm-hmm. don't say a scholar who went to play soccer, right? He's like I'm going to try out for the soccer tournaments. And then he gets just destroyed, right? Let's he's playing soccer, mm-hmm. he has a heart attack, he dies. Now, are you going to say oh Allah punished him because no. no, man, but those lands, they, yeah. they were built against the Ottomans who were legitimate rulers, and they haven't had anything. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, been I'm, rough not tar- ever since. I'm not talking about Saudi. I mean, that's, that's a whole different story. No, right? I'm not talking about Saudi either. Or the Najdis. <laughs> no. uh, but, uh, I'm not talking about them either. All the Arabs. Yeah. It's the whole entire, Ar- it's everybody except the, the uh, North Africans, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Iraq, but Iraq, Saudi. Yeah. All the fake countries that. Egypt, yeah, Syria. Yeah. All the exactly, fake countries yeah. that the French and yeah. the British created yeah. threw up borders and said, and here's your fiefdom. And this is why what Alex said. We can't be naive anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We can't be naive. Like when people go into politics, when Muslims go into politics, you can't just think, "Oh, I'm just gonna recite Quranic verses to the oppressor mm-hmm. and he's gonna come to my side." I mean, <laughs> you can't, no, I don't want to make fun of the Quran, no, but no, just, make fun of the oppressors. Yeah, that's exactly. why I'm yeah. saying. That's why I'm saying. If you're Adam, if you're a pro- professional in some any field, define your field. This is what I do, and this is what I don't do. So now it's clear. I hate this thing where you're switching sides and going back and forth, and I don't know what you are anymore, right? Like when I, I used to be a fan of Steve Jobs' work, right? Because I knew exactly what he does, and I know what he doesn't do, right? Like Elon Musk is a great thinker and everything and an innovator, but what is he? He's got a mil- hands in a million pots. I don't like it. I don't know if he actually does anything. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He smokes, <laughs> ma- smokes marijuana these days. Uh, Google, right, is a company. Everything they make and everything they produce is going to be easy to use and quality, but there's no grab to them. What do they do? Their hands in is everything, right? Their hands in every pot. I actually, uh, when you look at Mashaikh, I always go back to Sheikh Nuh. I know exactly what he stands for, right? He knows exactly what he's going to do and what he doesn't do. It's so crisp and clear, right? I, it's so much better for everything, right? So you know exactly what the result is going to be. It has no hold. You know this word in Arabic, hold, is you're dabbling. Why are you dabbling in stuff that's not your business, right? If you, are you a teacher of fiqh? What exactly are you? Teacher of fiqh? Teacher of hadith? A wa'idh? A wa'idh means someone who just advises people, you know, hit the speaker circuit, say the nice things to get people's hearts going, right? Are you a leader of an organization? Are you a leader of people? Like, what are you exactly? It's really important to make that clear in every profession. Like, you don't dabble in your in law. You you have a certain role, right? You don't go and say, you know what? Tomorrow I'll do real estate. Nope. Tomorrow I'll do 
I'll, I'll take a murderer for trial. New Jersey State <laughs> criminal trial practice rules. Yeah. Period. That's it. <laughs> right? So, what we, we, yes, yeah, some people, it, this is a personal thing. This is not a religious ruling, right? It's a personal thing that uh, you got to know what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Right? And if you don't know those and you leave it open ended, you might end up stepping on a booby trap somewhere, right? And, and going somewhere and, and stepping on a mine because you, you're entering into a field without preparation, without thinking, without, like media, for example. When the media comes, I don't talk to them. When the NBC and all these people, I don't talk to them, right? Sometimes they drag me to talk to them. I don't want to talk to them, right? Because there's certain ways that you can't, like, it's a whole other thing, the media, yeah, right? Listen, I don't want to talk to them. That's right. The, the, the do-it-all, yes, the, the jack-of-all-trades imam. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, he's, a, he's a master of none. Yeah, he's a master of none. Like, uh, all of the... Shout out formerly Muslim Kafir guy that does comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Oh, uh, yeah. as, as he's, yeah. as he's <laughs> also, also a victim of cancellation. Yeah, cancellation. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, he had a show, it was called Master of None. Oh, really? Which right. is the opposite of Jack of All Trades, Master yeah. of None. Right? And, so he, and so in the masjid, I make okay. it very clear. For example, this is, this is what I'm doing. Don't anyone come near it, right? And I'm not going to come near your business. I'm not going to ask for the books. I'm not going to ask for the donor list. I'm not going to go into the kitchen. I'm not going to do the inner community stuff, right? <laughs> right? You know, like the community yeah, stuff, yeah, the, yeah. Out, the outreach stuff. Yeah. Not the outreach like feed the poor, that I do. But Community uh, relations. Community relations. I'm, I don't need to do that stuff. I'm going to yeah. teach my class. I'm going to make sure it's done in a way where you are always respected. I'm never going to undermine the, the bosses. At the same time, I'm... I'm not going to at the same time go into any other matter, right? And it works that way. Yeah. Every company that succeeds, it has a clear definition. And individual, Mashaikh as well should have a clear de- If you're an activist, should be an activist. It's like this podcast. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I crack jokes and say outrageous things. Yeah. <laughs> you provide actual knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Moeen moderates and sets, and sets the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and he just gave me a look, so that means I'm taking off my headphones. Nazmul does the research. Moeen yeah, wants right. to shut down. Na- by the way, Naz has a staff now. Yeah, he's got a staff, by the way. So, shout, so. shout out to Naz, the youngest boss yes. ever. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Tamim and Fahim. La- last thing, because Moeen, who is actually the boss of the podcast in a sense, because he's, uh, That's he, right. he wants us to open and close. He's the EP. Huh? He's the EP. Which is? Executive producer. Okay, he's the EP. <laughs> And I want to say one more, th- one last thing. Just a lot of toxicity. And Moeen was talking to me and says he's so disgusted and hates this stuff. And he's like, I, you know what? And I agree. The, the argumentation is no good. And I said it before, and I'll say it for the third time. I'm not happy sometimes that there's some conflict with other Muslims. I'm not happy about that. I never will be. I, like I said, I don't mind having any conflict with an explicit uh, 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 proponent of some sect or enemy of Muslims. Right? I have no problem with that. I want that. <laughs> uh, some of the brothers who are like Hanbalis, right? They're Hanbalis in a gray area of whether they call it Hanbali or Salafi. I'm, I, I don't even know, right? Whatever they want to call it. They thought that I'm talking about them when I said the Muqtada Allah puts a mark on their face, right? Or a mark on them. And we said a couple episodes back, the Shia, for example, have flagellation. Yeah. It's almost like a cur- Allah has put that upon them so that a regular common man says, uh, that's not Islam canceled right (laughs) likewise i said the mujassima and the literalists ultra literalism results in an ugliness right it's true go to judaism ultra literalism you look at it like every time you see kids walking by you look at they're like looking staring 
what the heck? Why is he doing that to himself? Curls, <laughs> humongous beard, sloppy, right? <laughs> hey, they say, oh, you're going to make fun of the Orthodox. I'm telling you the reality of what people think. It's not the sunnah, by the way. You know what it is? Yeah. I mean, the curls, the curls are the curls, right? You're not supposed to cut certain hair. But the, the dress, the dress code, they're, that's the sunnah of some Russian... And yeah, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. Their their grand rebbe was Russian dude from like yeah. two hundred years ago. So that's why they look like they're from Russia yeah. two hundred years ago. Got a fur hat on in New Jersey. Yeah. And all this. <laughs> Come on, homie. <laughs> what, you, what are you doing, bro? What's what I'm saying? This is not PC. What I'm saying? It's like wearing the, yeah. the like Habib. <laughs> Habib has that fur hat. That's for yeah. Dagestan, bro. That's not for Florida. Yeah. <laughs> or Las Vegas. I, I think. Right? Yeah. I think. Listen. I think it's time to wrap up. So <laughs> what I'm saying is. <laughs> this touch seem any bit any innovation that's explicit innovation Allah Ta'ala will mark it and will put a mark on those people so that the regular common person knows this is wrong and one of the things about the ex- literalism is it re- results in an ugliness yeah. okay and it's, it's just this is not something that we can deny you just look around any literalist person he, uh, they have this fe- uh, they've made themselves ugly I'd say the creation was ugly. They made themselves like that. In Judaism, in Islam, in Christianity, literalism results in that. In anything, okay? I never, I've never had trouble differentiating Muslim from Hindu uh, Indians. Okay, Hindu, never. Okay, (laughs) it has the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) So that's that's this point. There's nothing controversial about that. There's nothing offensive about that. So for some of the, uh, and I've said on the same podcast. If you're like a Hanbali or like a Salafi who's not fighting, okay, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> and I wasn't, right? And, I, and I'm not now. And I'm not having any beef with them because we have a lot in common and we're, we're working for a lot of the same cause. So for them to be offended, they owe me an apology, right? <laughs> 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 right? So <laughs> for you to have su- done with me like that, astaghfirullah, after all these years of good relations with you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I have great, go, come to come to MBIC. Look, what she, look how Sheikh Nasser treats me, yeah, well, right? Well, well, and he tells me straight, I'm not mad at you, I may have been saying me. He tells me straight, he loves me, yeah. right? I mean, Nas is probably a, ta- a Tamite. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, no, no. <laughs> okay, let's look at Tamite adjacent. Listen, <laughs> the, uh, the Hanbalis, Salafis, that's a word. Of a new, termite? Of, yeah, of the area. It's termite. I never. It sounds like termite. Termite, like malachite. Tame. Like shafite. Yeah. Like how would you how would you do like the from tame soas version of it? Yeah. Malachite. Yeah. Hanafite. Just termite. Humbleite. Listen, Tame is his grandmother. Oh, come right? on, I'm so not attributing. Hambalite is Hambalite. It's attributed to Imam Ahmed. Yeah. Ibn Taymiyyah has his own thing, man. His own group of followers. Yeah. He might be a Hambali, but th- his followers aren't. Yeah. So listen, I never had. <laughs> they they may have imagined that. I mean, if I'm going off on innovators. Antinomionite. <laughs> <laughs> listen, if I'm going on off, off on innovators and someone then gets a sensitivity situation. Are you an innovator? <laughs> right? <laughs> Why are you getting sensitive? Right? Don't get sensitive. I'm not talking about you. I made it very clear and explicit. A clear mujassim, okay? And khawarij uh, and kharijites and whatever. That's what I was talking about. Okay? 
So don't that's, don't. that's that. That's that quote from Shakespeare. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. <laughs> <laughs> Which people flip it. The methinks yeah. is at the end.